This is Manx Radio broadcasting from Douglas in the Isle of Man. BBC News has just confirmed that Her Majesty the Queen, our Lord of Man, has passed away. We will have further news and information on air and online when it becomes available. This is Manx Radio broadcasting from Douglas in the Isle of Man. Buckingham Palace has announced that Her Majesty the Queen has died. She was 96 years old. Her Majesty passed away at Balmoral, where we're told doctors earlier became concerned about her health. Her family rushed to be at her side. Her eldest son Charles, the former Prince of Wales, now becomes king. Elizabeth was just 25 when her father, George VI, died, making her queen. She reigned for 70 years, the longest of any British monarch in history, and was still carrying out her duties this week. It's just two days since she had meetings with both the former and the new Prime Ministers. We'll have further news and information on air and online when it becomes available.
You're listening to Manx Radio. Our normal evening programmes have been suspended following confirmation by Buckingham Palace that Her Majesty the Queen, our Lord of Man, has died. Throughout this evening, we will be bringing you reaction to this news, which has been confirmed in the past 20 minutes.
You're listening to Manx Radio, where Buckingham Palace has announced that Her Majesty the Queen died peacefully at Balmoral this afternoon. She was 96 years old. Her family earlier rushed to be at her side. Her elder son Charles, the former Prince of Wales, now becomes king. He paid tribute to his mother's lifetime of service during a concert at Buckingham Palace during her Platinum Jubilee celebrations. You have met us and talked with us. You laugh and cry with us. And most importantly, you have been there for us for these 70 years. The King and the Queen Consort will remain at Balmoral this evening and will return to London tomorrow. Elizabeth was just 25 when her father George VI died, making her Queen. She was crowned at Westminster Abbey on June the 2nd, 1953. The high and mighty princess Elizabeth Alexandra Mary is now Queen Elizabeth II. God save the Queen! <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth reigned for 70 years, the longest of any British monarch in history, and was still carrying out her duties this week. In 2015, she overtook Queen Victoria, becoming the longest-serving British monarch in history. Inevitably, a long life can pass by many milestones. My own is no exception. But I thank you all, and the many others at home and overseas, for your touching messages of great kindness. It's just two days since she had meetings with both the former and the new Prime Ministers at Balmoral. Here on the Isle of Man, Her Majesty the Queen was our Lord of Man. John Moss looks back at her life from a Manx perspective. The first royal visit to the island after the Second World War came in 1945, when the then King and Queen arrived in Man. To an island which had just come through a difficult six years, it was the chance to celebrate. The ancient clock at Castle Russian, presented by Queen Elizabeth, looked down on scenes of enthusiasm such as it had rarely witnessed in its long history. The first visit by the young Queen Elizabeth and her husband was in August 1955. Arriving aboard Britannia Douglas, Isle of Man, the Queen and the Duke had TT motorcyclists as an escort when they began their tour. This royal visit was a great thrill for all the people of the island, and the Queen talked with fisherfolk and many others present to greet her. Then, on their way north to holiday in 1972, fine conditions in Douglas greeted Her Majesty, the Duke, Princess Anne and Earl Mountbatten. Her Majesty looks very sweet and tiny, as people often say. She's only a very small little personage, and Princess Anne is also having a word with Pearl. It's must be rather a nice treat for the royal family, actually, to be pulled by a horse tram, as they are such wonderful horse lovers themselves. Seven years later, a chance to hear the Queen speaking in public, something that didn't happen very often, as she presided on Timbald Hill in the year that over 600,000 visitors arrived in the island. Manx Millennium Year. Her Majesty the Queen has arrived at St John's. In your ancient Tinwald assemble, I call upon you as an expression of your loyalty to give three cheers to Her Majesty the Queen. Hip hip! Hip hip! Hip hip! Has Your Majesty any further commands? 
If any persons wish to present a petition for redress, let them now come forward. And on that same memorable day, the Queen gave her name to the new school in Peel. The key is proffered to Her Majesty, who accepts it, and is now about to open the door and to enter the school. The door opens, and Her Majesty the Queen walks into Peel Secondary School. There were other visits, ten years later, and then in 2003. So Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth, the Lord of Man, has ended her long reign. She had promised to devote her life to her country, and that the Lord did extraordinarily well. John Moss reporting. You're listening to Manx Radio, broadcasting from Douglas in the Isle of Man, where our normal evening programmes have been suspended following confirmation by Buckingham Palace that Her Majesty the Queen, our Lord of Man, has died. Sky's royal correspondent Rhiannon Mills says her death will have a huge impact. This will clearly come as devastating news for the royal family and millions of people across the United Kingdom and around the world. We have suspended our normal evening programmes following confirmation that Her Majesty the Queen Elizabeth, our Lord of Man, has died. We will be bringing you tributes throughout the evening, so stay with us.
Faster my good evening. We have suspended our normal programmes following confirmation that Her Majesty the Queen Elizabeth, our Lord of Man, has died. We'll bring you a news bulletin at 7pm. You're listening to Manx Radio. It's seven o'clock and with the news, here's Tessa Hawley. Fast am I, Tessa. Fast am I. Buckingham Palace has announced that Her Majesty the Queen, our Lord of Man, has died. She was 96 years old. Her Majesty passed away at Balmoral, where we're told doctors earlier became concerned about her health. Confirmation of her death was released on social media and has been posted on the gates of Windsor Castle. Members of her family have spent the afternoon travelling to Aberdeen to be there. Her eldest son Charles, the former Prince of Wales, now becomes king. 
Sky's royal correspondent Rhiannon Mills says her death will have a huge impact. This will clearly come as devastating news for the royal family and millions of people across the United Kingdom and around the world. Her Majesty the Queen was crowned at Westminster Abbey on June 2nd in 1953, 16 months after the death of her father. The high and mighty princess Elizabeth Alexandra Mary is now Queen Elizabeth II. God save the Queen! She reigned for 70 years, the longest of any British monarch in history, and was still carrying out her duties this week. It's just two days since she had meetings with both the former and the new Prime Ministers. Liz Truss, the UK Prime Minister, who was appointed by Her Majesty, is expected to make a statement in Downing Street shortly. Charles, her son, paid tribute to his mother's lifetime of service during a concert at Buckingham Palace during her Platinum Jubilee celebrations. You have met us and talked with us. You laugh and cry with us. And most importantly, you have been there for us for these 70 years. And just to recap, the news confirmed this evening by the royal family that the Queen, our Lord of Man, died peacefully at Balmoral this afternoon. The King and the Queen Consort will remain at Balmoral this evening and will return to London tomorrow. You're listening to Manx Radio News. It's two minutes past seven. Thank you very much, Tessa. Now, following the announcement that Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth, our Lord of Man, died this afternoon, the BBC's Royal Correspondent Nicholas Witchell has been looking back at her life and reign. This, for the nation, for them, this is an absolutely massive moment. The moment that so many people have dreaded for so long has come. It's a moment of great solemnity and national sadness, It's hard, really, fully to take it in. It's no great surprise, given her age and her declining health. But nonetheless, it is a very considerable shock to feel that she has died. Millions of people, I think, as they learn this news, will feel a sense of personal loss. And I think many people will find it rather disorientating. Let's just understand this moment. It isn't just the death of the longest-lived, longest-reigning monarch in British history, a monarch who has been there in the background to our lives for most of us, for all of our lives. It is the end of what I think history will judge to have been one of the most remarkable reigns in the thousand-plus years of the British monarchy, a reign which will be remembered and talked about in years to come. Now, whether you are a monarchist or not, and we know, as we've said this afternoon, that not everyone is, she was a monarch who earned the widest possible respect here in the United Kingdom and throughout the world. It's the end of the reign of Elizabeth II, a monarch who always put duty first, who brought dignity and decency to the highest office in the land, who embodied the best of qualities, who's been a focus for national unity and identity, and who has been the still, calm centre of stability and reassurance to this nation and the other nations of which she has been head of state for more than 70 years, while so much around her has changed. She has been a distillation of our national identity,
she has been constant in an ever-shifting world, constant, steadfast, dependable, dutiful. These are all rather old-fashioned words, old-fashioned concepts even, but I think that they sum up what she brought to the role of monarch. We recall the pledge she made on her 21st birthday. I declare before you all that my whole life, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service. Well, she truly remained true to that pledge. It was a life of finely judged service, true to the principles of constitutional monarchy, driven by duty, sustained by faith. And we recall also the message that uh, she issued when she reached her 70th birthday in February of this year. You remember the message that was issued? She wrote, I remain eternally grateful for and humbled by the loyalty and affection that you continue to give me. She said, I look forward to continuing to serve you with all of my heart. And she signed that message, Your Servant, Elizabeth R. Well, that servant has gone. The end of the reign of Elizabeth II. Elizabeth the Great, as many people will regard her. That reign has ended. And we have a new king. Yes. The crown passes invisibly, but immediately, imperceptibly. Charles is now our king and our head of state. Camilla is now queen consort. It remains to be seen what name he will take, but uh, we will refer to him as the king, and he will lead the nation's mourning for his mother. As you say, she came to the throne just a few years after the end of the Second World War. She succeeded to the throne in 1952 after the death of her father. And on the night of her coronation, in a broadcast on the BBC, she said, Throughout all of my life and with all of my heart, I shall strive to be worthy of your service. And as that message, and as the message she issued on the 70th anniversary of her accession showed, if there is one word that I think is the key to the success of her reign, I would suggest it's, it's not actually duty, the word which is normally associated with her, it's humility. Because for all of the grandness of her position here is the coronation, the imperial state crown being lowered onto her head by the Archbishop of Canterbury. For all the grandness of, of, of her position, it never went to her head. She had, I think, an instinctive understanding that as a hereditary monarch, she had to win the trust of the people of this country and the other countries of which she was queen. And that, I believe, is what she did. She gained it and she kept it. She kept the monarchy strong. Now, of course, there have been a few bumps along the way. It would be extraordinary if there hadn't been. Bumps which have almost without exception been caused by other members of her family. But she pursued her role with that sense of humility and by putting duty first. And she was at heart, people who knew her, it's funny to talk in the past tense now, yes. isn't it? She was a very down-to-earth, a straightforward, an unpretentious woman, rather reserved, certainly in her early years. There was none of that sort of vainglorious and overbearing behaviour that we've sometimes perhaps seen with other members 
of her family. For 70 years, she's been the constant, unchanging presence in the background to our lives, the head of the nation, as she's sometimes been referred to, above politics, but with a shrewd interest in and a grasp of politics and of political figures. So we now look back on, and there will be so many tributes, Mm. so many tributes now, as people take this in, as they come to terms with their own emotions. And I'm quite sure there will be many people who are very emotional at this moment as they learn of this news, the death of the Queen. But uh, this nation and so many other nations will now pay tribute to this long life of service which has now ended. The BBC's Royal Correspondent, Nicholas Witchell. You're listening to Manx Radio. It's coming up to ten past seven and our normal evening programmes have been suspended following news that Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth, our Lord of Man, has died at the age of 96. The UK Prime Minister Liz Truss is paying tribute as we speak and we'll bring you those details very shortly.
You're listening to Manx Radio. It's 12 minutes past seven and in the past hour it's been confirmed that Her Majesty the Queen, our Lord of Man, has died at the age of 96. We have a statement now from His Majesty the King. The death of my beloved mother, Her Majesty the Queen, is a moment of the greatest sadness for me and all members of my family. We mourn profoundly the passing of a cherished sovereign and a much-loved mother. I know her loss will be deeply felt throughout the country, the realms and the Commonwealth and by countless people around the world. During this period of mourning and change, my family and I will be comforted and sustained by our knowledge of the respect and deep affection in which the Queen was so widely held. If you're just joining us, our normal evening programmes have been suspended following the death of Her Majesty the Queen, our Lord of Man. In the past few minutes, the UK Prime Minister Liz Truss is being paying tribute outside Downing Street. We are all devastated by the news that we have just heard from Balmoral. The death of Her Majesty the Queen is a huge shock to the nation and to the world. Queen Elizabeth II was the rock on which modern Britain was built. Our country has grown and flourished under her reign. Britain is the great country it is today because of her. She ascended the throne just after the Second World War. She championed the development of the Commonwealth from a small group of seven countries to a family of 56 nations spanning every continent of the world. We are now a modern, thriving, dynamic nation. Through thick and thin, Queen Elizabeth II 
provided us with the stability and the strength that we needed. She was the very spirit of Great Britain, and that spirit will endure. She has been our longest ever reigning monarch. It's an extraordinary achievement to have presided with such dignity and grace for 70 years. Her, her life of service stretched beyond most of our living memories. In return, she was loved and admired by the people in the United Kingdom and all around the world. She has been a personal inspiration to me and to many Britons. Her devotion to duty is an example to us all. Earlier this week, at 96, she remained determined to carry out her duties as she appointed me as her 15th Prime Minister. Throughout her life, she's visited more than 100 countries and she has touched the lives of millions around the world. In the difficult days ahead, we will come together with our friends across the United Kingdom, the Commonwealth and the world to celebrate her extraordinary lifetime of service. It is a day of great loss, but Queen Elizabeth II leaves a great legacy. Today, the crown passes, as it has done for more than a thousand years, to our new monarch, our new head of state, His Majesty, King Charles III. With the King's family, we mourn the loss of his mother, and as we mourn, we must come together as a people to support him, to help him bear the awesome responsibility that he now carries for us all. We offer him our loyalty and devotion, just as his mother devoted so much to so many for so long. And with the passing of the second Elizabethan age, we usher in a new era in the magnificent history of our great country, exactly as Her Majesty would have wished, by saying the words, God save the King. UK Prime Minister Liz Truss, who has been paying tribute outside Downing Street in the past few minutes. Other tributes have been coming in. Scotland's First Minister Nicola Sturgeon says the death of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth is a profoundly sad moment for the UK, the Commonwealth and the world. Her life was one of extraordinary dedication and service. On behalf of the people of Scotland, I convey my deepest condolences to the King and the Royal Family. President Michael D. Higgins from the Republic of Ireland says on behalf of the people of Ireland, may I express my heartfelt sympathy to His Majesty the King and to the Royal Family on their very great personal loss. May I offer my deepest condolences to the British people and to the members of the Commonwealth on the loss of a unique, committed and deeply respected head of state. Her Majesty served the British people with exceptional dignity. Her personal commitment to her role and extraordinary sense of duty were the hallmarks of her period as Queen, which will hold a unique place in British history. And the Welsh First Minister, Mark Drakeford, says it's incredibly sad to hear of the passing of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. As our longest reigning monarch, she firmly upheld the values and traditions of the British monarchy. On behalf of the people of Wales, I offer our deepest condolences to Her Majesty's family during this sad time.
You're listening to Manx Radio, where our normal evening programmes have been suspended following confirmation by Buckingham Palace that Her Majesty the Queen, our Lord of Man, has died at the age of 96. The BBC has speculated that the funeral is likely to be in the next 10 days. It'll be the first state funeral since Winston Churchill's back in 1965. The BBC's political editor Chris Mason has been outlining what this news today means for the UK Prime Minister. It'll be a profound change, a significant change at a time politically of considerable flux. It is, of course, a new team that have moved into Downing Street, not just the Prime Minister, but so many of her senior advisers in the last 48 hours or so, themselves trying to work out how the very heart of British government and the British state on the political side operates. Now, within that and beyond that, in the broader governmental machine, are procedures and protocols in terms of the conversations that take place between Downing Street as an institution and Buckingham Palace, the monarchy, as an institution. But nonetheless, obviously, it's such a profound historical moment. Things will change. A Prime Minister who had just had a single audience with the Queen, that first audience also being her last one and in future of course those audiences they are gatherings that take place once a week where the prime minister heads to see the monarch and has a period of time privately in their company knowing in in the political world it being the one opportunity where you can talk very candidly to someone without the prospect of it being leaked that that in the future for the prime minister will be very different from the one that she might have anticipated from the one that so many of her predecessors, 14 of her predecessors have enjoyed that conversation that they had uh, with the Queen, more recently uh, taking place remotely, traditionally taking place physically at Buckingham Palace where Prime Minister after Prime Minister, 15 in total including uh, Liz Truss, were able to spend that time with the Queen and tap into a well of knowledge and savvy and wisdom about world affairs that was unprecedented. A stateswoman of a longevity greater than any other on earth. And with that, Prime Ministers would so often reflect in interviews and in their memoirs just how valuable a relationship that was. Firstly, as I say, because it was grounded in that sense of solemnity and privacy. But secondly, because of the the wisdom and experience uh, that the Queen was able to bring. The BBC political editor Chris Mason outlining what the Queen's death means for the new UK Prime Minister. You're listening to Manx Radio, where our normal evening programmes have been suspended. It's approaching 7.30, and with the latest news, here's Tessa Hawley. Fast am I, Tessa. Fast am I. Buckingham Palace has announced that Her Majesty the Queen, our Lord of Man, has died. She was 96 years old. In a statement, the palace said she died peacefully at Balmoral this afternoon. The King and the Queen consort will remain at Balmoral this evening and will return to London tomorrow. Confirmation of her death was released on social media and has been posted on the gates of Windsor Castle. Her eldest son Charles, the former Prince of Wales, now becomes king. Charles has released a statement which reads as follows. The death of my beloved mother, Her Majesty the Queen, is a moment of the greatest sadness for me and all members of my family. We mourn profoundly the passing of a cherished sovereign and a much-loved mother. 
I know her loss will be deeply felt throughout the country, the realms and the Commonwealth, and by countless people around the world. During this period of mourning and change, my family and I will be comforted and sustained by our knowledge of the respect and deep affection in which the Queen was so widely held. Her Majesty the Queen was crowned at Westminster Abbey on June the 2nd in 1953, 16 months after the death of her father. The high and mighty Princess Elizabeth Alexandra Mary is now Queen Elizabeth II. God save the Queen! Elizabeth was just 25 when her father, George VI, died, making her queen. She reigned for 70 years, the longest of any British monarch in history. The new UK Prime Minister, Liz Truss, who was appointed by Her Majesty just two days ago, has paid tribute to the Queen outside Number 10 Downing Street. Queen Elizabeth II was the rock on which modern Britain was built. Our country has grown and flourished under her reign. Britain is the great country it is today because of her. Nicholas Witchell is the BBC's royal correspondent. He's been looking at the responsibilities that now fall to Charles. Fundamentals are the same, but each monarch brings something of their own personality to the role. And I think that Charles will try to... Uh, continue his interest in some of those issues without in any way allowing politics or a political uh, scope to come into it. The royal family has confirmed Her Majesty the Queen, our Lord of Man, has died. Her eldest son Charles, the former Prince of Wales, now becomes king. You're listening to Manx Radio. It's 32 minutes past seven. Well, tributes are continuing to be paid to Her Majesty the Queen. Justin Trudeau, the Canadian Prime Minister, has said in the past few minutes it was with the heaviest of hearts that we learned of the passing of Canada's longest reigning sovereign, Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. She was a constant presence in our lives and her service to Canadians will forever remain an important part of our country's history. As we look back at her life, he says, and her reign that spanned so many decades, Canadians will always remember and cherish Her Majesty's wisdom, compassion and warmth. Our thoughts are with the members of the royal family during this most difficult time. And the former UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson has also paid tribute, saying, This is our country's saddest day. In the hearts of every one of us, there is an ache at the passing of our Queen, a deep and personal sense of loss, far more intense perhaps than we expected. In these first grim moments since the news, I know that millions and millions of people have been pausing whatever they've been doing to think about Queen Elizabeth, about the bright and shining light that has finally gone out. She seemed so timeless and so wonderful that I'm afraid we had come to believe, like children, that she would just go on and on. Wave after wave of grief is rolling across the world from Balmoral, where our thoughts are with all the royal family, and breaking far beyond this country and throughout that great commonwealth of nations that she so cherished, and which cherished her in return. Well, our normal evening programmes have been suspended. We will continue to bring you the tributes as we hear them, but she was also our Lord of Man, and John Moss has been taking a look back at her life from a Manx perspective. The first royal visit to the island after the Second World War came in 1945, when the then King and Queen arrived in Man. To an island which had just come through a difficult six years, it was the chance to celebrate. 
the ancient clock at Castle Russian, presented by Queen Elizabeth, looked down on scenes of enthusiasm such as it had rarely witnessed in its long history. The first visit by the young Queen Elizabeth and her husband was in August 1955. Arriving aboard Britannia, Douglas, Isle of Man, the Queen and the Duke had TT motorcyclists as an escort when they began their tour. This royal visit was a great thrill for all the people of the island, and the Queen talked with fisherfolk and many others present to greet her. Then, on their way north to holiday in 1972, fine conditions in Douglas greeted Her Majesty, the Duke, Princess Anne and Earl Mountbatten. Her Majesty looks very sweet and tiny, as people often say. She's only a very small little personage. And Princess Anne is also having a word with Pearl. It's must be rather a nice treat for the royal family, actually, to be pulled by a horse tram, as they are such wonderful horse lovers themselves. Seven years later, a chance to hear the Queen speaking in public, something that didn't happen very often, as she presided on Timbald Hill in the year that over 600,000 visitors arrived in the island, Manx Millennium Year. Her Majesty the Queen has arrived at St John's. man in your ancient tinwald assembled I call upon you as an expression of your loyalty to give three cheers to her majesty the queen hip 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 has your majesty any further commands? If any persons wish to present a petition for redress, let them now come forward. And on that same memorable day, the Queen gave her name to the new school in Peel. The key is proffered to Her Majesty, who accepts it, and is now about to open the door and to enter the school. The door opens and Her Majesty the Queen walks into Peel Secondary School. There were other visits, ten years later, and then in 2003. So Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth, the Lord of Man, has ended her long reign. She had promised to devote her life to her country, and that the Lord did extraordinarily well. John Moss reporting. It's just gone 7.35. You're listening to Manx Radio and if you've just joined us, we have suspended our normal evening programmes following news of the death of Her Majesty the Queen, our Lord of Man. She died at Balmoral this afternoon at the age of 96. In the past few minutes, uh, a tribute has been paid by George W. Bush from Dallas in Texas. He says, Laura and I were honoured to have known Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. She was a woman of great intellect, charm and wit. Spending time at Buckingham Palace and having tea with Her Majesty and her corgis is among our fondest memories of the presidency. Queen Elizabeth ably led England through dark moments with her confidence in her people and her vision for a brighter tomorrow. Our world benefited from her steady resolve and we are grateful for her decades of service as sovereign. Americans in particular appreciate her strong and steadfast friendship. Laura and I join our fellow citizens in sending our heartfelt condolences to the royal family and the British people.
It's just gone 20 to 8. You're listening to Manx Radio, broadcasting from Douglas in the Isle of Man. If you've just joined us, it's been confirmed that Her Majesty the Queen Elizabeth, our Lord of Man, has passed away. The BBC's home editor, Mark Easton, is outside Buckingham Palace, where crowds gathered ahead of this evening's announcement. Here at Buckingham Palace, you can see the way the public is already reacting. Thousands, perhaps tens of thousands of people have already turned up. Applause breaking out uh, just behind me now. People are pouring down the Mall, coming to pay their respects. Uh, King Charles III, as we must now learn to call him, talked about the respect and affection that the British people had for his mother. And you can feel that in the crowd here. Uh, It's a sombre atmosphere. Some people, I have to say, are close to tears. This was a very personal relationship with a woman who embodied something very special about their country. She was, I think, the keystone in the nation's architecture, the solid and immovable piece that sort of defined the nation's image of itself. And that is why I think when that, that keystone is removed, this is a very difficult and perhaps a dangerous moment for the United Kingdom. We've talked a lot about constancy uh, and consistency and, and, and the solidity that she brought to this country. Um, But I think that one shouldn't think that that constancy is the same as inactivity. Because this was a queen like a fish swimming, keeping sort of still in a a, a fast-flowing stream. She remained uh, solid and, and still while everything was moving around her. And that required constant adaptation and change. And she put enormous thought into how she could what she described as ease the process of change for her people. People are arriving here. Her subjects are arriving at Buckingham Palace. Some have brought flowers uh, already. What's interesting, I think, about this crowd, I think it says something very important about uh, Queen Elizabeth. Uh, This is a crowd of every generation and every background. There are a lot of young people uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of people from ethnic minorities. It's a very mixed crowd. And she was a queen that was able to, uh, to be a figurehead for people from whatever background in Britain. As I say, we've got tens of thousands of people here uh, already. I think this is going to become the focal point for uh, that national grief over the next uh, few days. Uh, and we, we will remember, some of us, the extraordinary scenes here after the death of Diana. Uh, and I think we will see something not dissimilar uh, with, the, with the loss of Queen Elizabeth. Uh, this is a huge moment for the country. I think it's going to be very difficult for people to adjust. I think that as well as sadness, people are feeling unsettled. And this was already at a time when there was quite a lot of foreboding about the winter to come. So I think this is going to be quite a moment for Britain and a time for people to pull together and support each other. That's the BBC's home editor, Mark Easton, who's outside Buckingham Palace, where crowds gathered ahead of this evening's announcement. While tributes continued to be paid to Her Majesty, the French President Emmanuel Macron says Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II embodied the British nation's continuity and unity for over 70 years. I remember her as a friend of France, a kind-hearted queen who has left a lasting impression of her country and her century.
And the German Chancellor Olaf Scholz says we mourn the death of Queen Elizabeth II. She was a role model and inspiration for millions also here in Germany. Her commitment to German-British reconciliation after the horrors of World War II will remain unforgotten. She will be missed, not least, for her wonderful humour. And some response locally in the past few minutes. We've had a media release from Ockels, which reads, Following the announcement made by Buckingham Palace this evening regarding the passing of Queen Elizabeth II, all pubs across the Ockel in a state both on the island and in the UK will be closing for a 24-hour period from the morning of Friday the 9th of September until their standard opening times on Saturday the 10th of September. Stephen Taylor, who's the managing director of Ockels Inn, says... As a mark of respect for the passing of Her Majesty the Queen, Lord of Man, all the pubs across our estate will close for 24 hours. At a time of national grief, families and communities should have the chance to spend time together. This includes our entire workforce, and we wish to give them this opportunity to do so. Further announcements will be made for the day of the state funeral across the pubs in the coming days. At this time, our condolences or thoughts are with the royal family and the nation. Ockels Inns also says that any function or event booked during the closure period will continue to be honoured unless the customer would like to cancel or postpone. You're asked to get in touch with the site directly to confirm and further information will be updated on the individual social media page for your local Ockel Inn pub. You are listening to Manx Radio. It's just gone quarter to eight. And if you have just joined us, we have suspended our normal evening programmes following confirmation by Buckingham Palace that Her Majesty the Queen, our Lord of Man, died at the age of 96 at Balmoral this afternoon. The BBC's royal correspondent, Nicholas Witchell, has been looking back at her life and reign. This, for the nation, for them, this is an absolutely massive moment. The moment that so many people have dreaded for so long, has come. It's a moment of great solemnity and national sadness. It's hard, really, fully to take it in. It's no great surprise, given her age and her declining health. But nonetheless, it is a very considerable shock to feel that she has died. Millions of people, I think, as they learn this news, will feel a sense of personal loss... And I think many people will find it rather disorientating. Let's just understand this moment. It isn't just the death of the longest-lived, longest-reigning monarch in British history, a monarch who has been there in the background to our lives for most of us, for all of our lives. It is the end of what I think history will judge to have been one of the most remarkable reigns in the thousand-plus year years of the British monarchy, a reign which will be remembered and talked about in years to come. Now, whether you are a monarchist or not, and we know, as we've said this afternoon, that not everyone is, she was a monarch who earned the widest possible respect here in the United Kingdom and throughout the world. It's the end of the reign of Elizabeth II, a monarch who always put duty first, who brought dignity and decency to the highest office in the land, who embodied the best of qualities, who's been a focus for national unity and identity, and who has been the still calm centre of stability and reassurance to this nation and the other nations of which she has been head of state for more than 70 years, while so much around her has changed. She has been 
a distillation of our national identity, she has been constant in an ever-shifting world, constant, steadfast, dependable, dutiful. These are all rather old-fashioned words, old-fashioned concepts even, but I think that they sum up what she brought to the role of monarch. We recall the pledge she made on her 21st birthday. I declare before you all that my whole life, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service. Well, she truly remained true to that pledge. It was a life of finely judged service, true to the principles of constitutional monarchy, driven by duty, sustained by faith. And we recall also the message that uh, she issued when she reached her 70th birthday in February of this year. You remember the message that was issued? She wrote, I remain eternally grateful for and humbled by the loyalty and affection that you continue to give me. She said, I look forward to continuing to serve you with all of my heart. And she signed that message, Your Servant, Elizabeth R. Well, that servant has gone. The end of the reign of Elizabeth II, Elizabeth the Great, as many people will regard her, that reign has ended. And we have a new king. Yes. The crown passes invisibly, but immediately, imperceptibly. Charles is now our king and our head of state. Camilla is now queen consort. It remains to be seen what name he will take, but uh, we will refer to him as the king, and he will lead the nation's mourning for his mother. As you say, she came to the throne just a few years after the end of the Second World War. She succeeded to the throne in 1952 after the death of her father. And on the night of her coronation, in a broadcast on the BBC, she said... Throughout all of my life and with all of my heart, I shall strive to be worthy of your service. And as that message, and as the message she issued on the 70th anniversary of her accession showed, if there is one word that I think is the key to the success of her reign, I would suggest it's, it's not actually duty, the word which is normally associated with her, it's humility. Because for all of the grandness of her position here is the coronation, the imperial state crown being lowered onto her head by the Archbishop of Canterbury. For all the grandness of, of, of her position, it never went to her head. She had, I think, an instinctive understanding that as a hereditary monarch, she had to win the trust of the people of this country and the other countries of which she was queen. And that, I believe, is what she did. She gained it and she kept it. She kept the monarchy strong. Now, of course, there have been a few bumps along the way. It would be extraordinary if there hadn't been. Bumps which have almost without exception been caused by other members of her family. But she pursued her role with that sense of humility and by putting duty first. And she was at heart people who knew her it's funny to talk in the past tense now, yes. isn't it? She was a very down-to-earth, a straightforward, an unpretentious woman, rather reserved, certainly in her early years. 
there was none of that sort of vainglorious and overbearing behaviour that we've sometimes perhaps seen with other members of her family. For 70 years, she's been the constant, unchanging presence in the background to our lives, the head of the nation, as she's sometimes been referred to, above politics, but with a shrewd interest in and a grasp of politics and of political figures. So we now look back on, and there will be so many tributes, Mm. so many tributes now, as people take this in, as they come to terms with their own emotions. And I'm quite sure there will be many people who are very emotional at this moment, as they learn of this news, the death of the Queen. But uh, this nation and so many other nations will now pay tribute to this long life of service which has now ended. That's the BBC's Royal Correspondent, Nicholas Witchell. The Queen died at Balmoral this afternoon at the age of 96. Her family rushed to be there. We understand Prince Harry arrived there in the past quarter of an hour. Tributes continue to be paid and we have this statement from His Excellency the Lieutenant Governor Sir John Lorimer. He says, I know that the Isle of Man shares with me its profound sadness at the passing of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, Lord of Man. I shall be sending a message of condolence from the Isle of Man to the royal family. There's also a tribute from the former Prime Minister Tony Blair, who says the nation has lost not just our monarch, but the matriarch of our nation, the figure who more than any other brought our country together, kept us in touch with our better nature, personified everything which makes us proud to be British. And the former Prime Minister Gordon Brown says the United Kingdom, the Commonwealth and the entire world are joined together in mourning this evening. Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II served this country to the last. I offer my sincere condolences to the royal family. May she rest in peace. Well, the BBC's political editor Chris Mason has been outlining what tonight's news now means for the new UK Prime Minister. It'll be a profound change, a significant change at a time politically of considerable flux. It is, of course, a new team that have moved into Downing Street, not just the Prime Minister, but so many of her senior advisers in the last 48 hours or so, themselves trying to work out how the very heart of British government and the British state on the political side operates. Now, within that and beyond that, in the broader governmental machine, are procedures and protocols as term, in terms of the conversations that take place between Downing Street as an institution and Buckingham Palace, the monarchy as an institution. But nonetheless, obviously, it's such a profound historical moment. Things will change. A Prime Minister who had just had a single audience with the Queen, that first audience also being her last one. And in future, of course, those audiences, they are gatherings that take place once a week where the Prime Minister heads to see the monarch and has a period of time privately in their company, knowing in in the political world it being the one opportunity where you can talk very candidly to someone without the prospect of it being leaked, that that in the future for the Prime Minister will be very different from the one that she might have anticipated, from the one that so many of her predecessors, 14 of her predecessors, have enjoyed that conversation that they had uh, with the Queen, more recently uh, taking place remotely, traditionally taking place physically at Buckingham Palace, where Prime Minister after Prime Minister, 15 in total, including uh, Liz Truss, were able to spend that time with the Queen and tap into 
a well of knowledge and savvy and wisdom about world affairs that was unprecedented. A stateswoman of a longevity greater than any other on earth. And with that, prime ministers would so often reflect in interviews and in their memoirs just how valuable a relationship that was. Firstly, as I say, because it was grounded in that sense of solemnity and privacy, but secondly, because of the, the wisdom and experience uh, that the Queen was able to bring. That's the BBC's political editor, Chris Mason. Well, in the past few minutes, there has been a statement from the President Joe Biden and First Lady Jill Biden on the death of Queen Elizabeth II. It reads, Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II was more than a monarch. She defined an era. In a world of constant change, she was a steadying presence and a source of comfort and pride for generations of Britons, including many who have never known their country without her. An enduring admiration for Queen Elizabeth II united people across the Commonwealth. The seven decades of her history-making reign bore witness to an age of unprecedented human advancement and the forward march of human dignity. She was the first British monarch to whom all around the world could feel a personal and immediate connection. Whether they heard her on the radio as a young princess speaking to the children of the United Kingdom or gathered around their televisions for her coronation or watching her final Christmas speech or her platinum jubilee on their phones. And she, in turn, dedicated her whole life to their service. Supported by her beloved Prince Philip for 73 years, Queen Elizabeth II led always with grace, an unwavering commitment to duty and the incomparable power of her example. She endured the dangers and deprivations of a world war alongside the British people and rallied them during the devastation of a global pandemic to look to better days ahead. Through her dedication to her patronages and charities, she supported causes that uplifted people and expanded opportunity. By showing friendship and respect to a newly independent nations around the world, she elevated the cause of liberty and fostered enduring bonds that helped strengthen the Commonwealth, which she loved so deeply, into a community to promote peace and shared values. Queen Elizabeth II was a stateswoman of unmatched dignity and constancy who deepened the bedrock alliance between the United Kingdom and the United States. She helped make our relationship special. We first met the Queen in 1982, travelling to the UK as part of a Senate delegation, and we were honoured that she extended her hospitality to us in June 2021 during our first overseas trip as President and First Lady, where she charmed us with her wit, moved us with her kindness and generously shared with us her wisdom. All told, she met 14 American presidents. She helped Americans commemorate both the anniversary of the founding of Jamestown and the bicentennial of our independence. And she stood in solidarity with the United States during our darkest days after 9-11 when she poignantly reminded us that grief is the price we pay for love. In the years ahead... We look forward to continuing a close friendship with the King and the Queen Consort. Today, the thoughts and prayers of people all across the United States are with the people of the United Kingdom and the Commonwealth in their grief. We send our deepest condolences to the Royal Family, who are not only mourning their Queen, but their mother, grandmother and great-grandmother. Her legacy will loom large in the pages of British history and in the story of our world. You're listening to Manx Radio, where our normal evening programmes have been suspended. It's just gone eight o'clock. Let's join Tessa Hawley for the latest news. Faster my Tessa.
Fastamai, Her Majesty the Queen, our Lord of Man, has died at the age of 96. Buckingham Palace says she passed away peacefully at Balmoral this afternoon. Her family have gathered there, including Charles, who is now king. Clarence House has confirmed he'll be known as King Charles III. The new Prime Minister, Liz Truss, has led the tributes. She delivered a statement outside Downing Street this evening. It's an extraordinary achievement to have presided with such dignity and grace for 70 years. Her life of service stretched beyond most of our living memories. In return, she was loved and admired by the people in the United Kingdom and all around the world. The new king, who will, t- who will return to London tomorrow, is expected to sign off arrangements for his mother's funeral in the coming days. On her 80th birthday in 2006, Prince Charles paid her a heartfelt tribute. She has shown the most remarkable steadfastness and fortitude, always remaining a figure of reassuring calm and dependability. King Charles III says he and his family will be comforted by the knowledge of the respect in which his mother was held. The BBC's royal correspondent, Nicholas Witchell, has been discussing some of the world issues that the new king now faces. There is war in Europe. The monarchy is a stabilising and unifying force and that will be the challenge now for Charles as king and he, I'm sure, will want to act quickly. He will lead the mourning for Mm -hmm. his mother, for the Queen. But he will, I'm sure, also want to just indicate that he understands what is required Mm. as a constitutional monarch. The Queen saw many celebrations and jubilees, but there were also times when she was called on to bring the nation together, like during the coronavirus outbreak in 2020. While we may have more still to endure, better days will return. We will be with our friends again. We will be with our families again. We will meet again. The Isle of Man's Lieutenant Governor, the Queen's representative on the Isle of Man, has issued a statement. It reads, I know that the Isle of Man shares with me its profound sadness at the passing of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, Lord of Man. I shall be sending a message of condolence from the island to the royal family. A joint message of condolence has also been issued from the President of Timwald and the Speaker of the House of Keys. Rob Pritchard has their statement. On behalf of the members of Tinwald, we extend to His Majesty the King and all members of the Royal Family our heartfelt condolences on the death of Her Late Majesty, the Queen Elizabeth II, Lord of Man. Her Majesty the Queen first visited the Isle of Man on the 9th of August 1955, just two years after her coronation. During the visit, Her Majesty attended a special sitting of Tinwald Court, where she expressed a hope that one day she would preside over the Tinwald ceremony at St John's. This hope was realised during her third visit to the island for the celebration of the millennium of Tinwald in 1979 and again in 2003. Her Majesty also visited the island in August 1989. On each visit, she was accompanied by her devoted husband, Prince Philip, and the royal couple were welcomed wholeheartedly by the people of the Isle of Man. Her Majesty the Queen gave unstintingly devoted public service to her country and the Commonwealth, and she made many genuine and lasting connections with the people of this island during her lifetime. Further information will be issued in due course on the formal procedures by which Tinwall Court will formally proclaim His Majesty as Lord of Man and express its sympathy to him and to all the royal family on their loss.
And Ocal's Inns has confirmed it will shut its pub estate for 24 hours following the death of Her Majesty the Queen. The closure will apply to pubs on the island and in the UK and will come into force from tomorrow morning. Stephen Taylor, the managing director of Ocal's Inns, says it's a mark of respect. He says at a time of national grief, families and community should have the chance to spend time together. This includes their entire workforce and he wishes to give them the opportunity to do so. Further announcements will be made for the day of the state funeral across the pubs in the coming days. To confirm, the royal family has announced the death of Her Majesty the Queen. Our Lord of Man died peacefully at Balmoral this afternoon. Her eldest son Charles, the former Prince of Wales, now becomes king. You're listening to Manx Radio. It's six minutes past eight. Thank you, Tessa. Just a reminder that our usual evening programmes have been suspended following the death of Her Majesty. And in the past few minutes, the Chief Minister of the Isle of Man, Alfred Cannon MHK, has paid tribute to a life of service and dedication following the death of Queen Elizabeth II. He says, We are all deeply saddened to learn of the death of Her Majesty the Queen. Throughout her long reign, the Queen, our Lord of Man, has been a beacon of strength and stability, of dependability and continuity. She led a life dedicated to the service of her people, setting an example for us all. On behalf of the government and the people of the Isle of Man, I extend my sincerest condolences to the royal family at this sad time. Well, the BBC's royal correspondent Nicholas Witchell has been reflecting on the impact of tonight's announcement and what it means for King Charles III. As autumn descends on this bleak September day, there at Balmoral and also at Buckingham Palace. How striking are those images outside the palace, people feeling the need to come together at this moment in the nation's history, uh, the day on which the Queen of the last 70 years has passed away. People need, I think, just to the, the solace, the comfort of being with other people. The nation will begin its mourning, bells will be rung and guns will be sounded and church services will come together. I remember the words that were were used, I think, by a previous Archbishop of Canterbury who talked about service untiringly done, duty faithfully fulfilled. Everyone will have their words about the reign, the duty of Elizabeth II as we all just pay our tributes now to a life of duty, of humility, of decency as the process, the transition of this new reign gets underway. And I expect we will hear from the new king tomorrow. Uh, There will also, of course, be an accession council when the Privy Council comes together. Uh, Not the full Privy Council, because there simply isn't room these days, but they will come together and they will confirm the succession and they will, I imagine, at some point hear from the new king. And those statements by him will be important to set the tone for his reign, paying tribute to his mother on behalf of his family and the nation, but also setting out his aspirations, his wish, his ambition to be a force for unity and continuity and stability at a time when stability perhaps is in rather shorter supply than it has been at many other times. It is unsettling, as Mark Easton said. It is 
disorientating and many people will will feel that and they will need to be reassured at this moment. That's the BBC's Royal Correspondent, Nicholas Witchell. This is Manx Radio. If you've just joined us, we've suspended our usual evening programmes following the death of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, our Lord of Man. More tributes continue to be paid by former Prime Ministers. David Cameron says there are no words that can adequately express the sense of loss our nation will feel after the Queen's death. In a statement posted on Twitter, he said the Queen had been a rock of strength for our nation and the Commonwealth. And the former Prime Minister, Theresa May, said it was an honour of her life to serve the Queen, who was our constant throughout this entire Elizabethan era. Her Majesty devoted herself unreservedly to a life of service. Former American President Donald Trump has posted a tribute saying Melania and I are deeply saddened to learn of the loss of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. Together with our family and fellow Americans, we send our sincere condolences to the royal family and the people of the United Kingdom during this time of great sorrow and grief. Queen Elizabeth's historic and remarkable reign has left a tremendous legacy of peace and prosperity for Great Britain. Her leadership and enduring diplomacy secured and advanced alliances with the United States and countries around the world. However, she will always be remembered for her faithfulness to her country, her unwavering devotion to her fellow countrymen and women. Melania and I will always cherish our time together with the Queen and never forget Her Majesty's generous friendship, great wisdom and wonderful sense of humour. What a grand and beautiful lady she was. There was nobody like her. He says our thoughts and prayers will remain with the great people of the United Kingdom as you honour her most meaningful life and exceptional service to the people. May God bless the Queen. May she reign forever in our hearts and may God hold her and Prince Philip in abiding care. There's also been a statement posted in the past few minutes by President Obama and Mrs Obama. They say from the day of her coronation 70 years ago, the first one ever televised to this very moment as countless tributes are being posted online in her honour, Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II has captivated the world. Today, Michelle and I join so many others who are celebrating her life and mourning her passing. Her Majesty was just 25 years old when she took on the enormous task of helming one of the world's greatest democracies. In the decades that followed, she would go on to make the role of Queen her own, with a reign defined by grace, elegance and a tireless work ethic, defying the odds and expectations placed on women of her generation. During World War II, she became the first ever female royal to serve on active military duty and through periods of prosperity and stagnation, from the moon landing to the fall of the Berlin Wall to the dawn of the digital age, she served as a beacon of hope and stability for the people of the United Kingdom and the world. Her Majesty worked with 15 Prime Ministers and countless foreign heads of state. She listened deeply, thought strategically and was responsible for considerable diplomatic achievements. And yet... She wore her lofty titles with a light touch, as willing to act in a comic sketch for the London Olympics as she was to record steadying messages for the people of the UK during the COVID-19 lockdowns. He goes on to say, Michelle and I were lucky enough to come to know Her Majesty, and she meant a great deal to us. Back when we were just beginning to navigate life as President and First Lady, she welcomed us to the world stage with open arms and extraordinary generosity. Time and time again, we were struck by her warmth, the way she put people at ease and how she brought her considerable humour and charm to moments of great pomp and circumstance. Like so many, Michelle and I are grateful to have witnessed Her Majesty's dedicated leadership and we are awed by her legacy of tireless, dignified public service. Our thoughts are with her family and the people of the United Kingdom 
at this difficult time. And it's been announced that New Zealand, a Commonwealth nation, will make arrangements shortly for a state memorial service. Its Prime Minister, Jacinda Ardern, says the country's representation at Her Majesty's funeral will be confirmed shortly. The Queen visited New Zealand ten times, the first over the summer of 1953 to 1954, when she and the Duke of Edinburgh visited 46 centres and attended 110 functions. Flags will fly at half-mast in New Zealand to mark Her Majesty's death and the new king becomes the country's head of state immediately. You're listening to Manx Radio, where our normal evening programmes have been suspended. It's 13 minutes past eight.
You're listening to Manx Radio. It's 17 minutes past eight. Following news that Her Majesty the Queen, our Lord of Man, has died at the age of 96, we have a statement from His Excellency, the Lieutenant Governor, Sir John Lorimer. He says, I know the Isle of Man shares with me its profound sadness at the passing of Her Majesty, Queen Elizabeth II, our Lord of Man. I shall be sending a message of condolence from the island to the royal family. And the Chief Minister of the Isle of Man, Alfred Cannon, MHK, has also paid tribute. He says, we are deeply saddened to learn of the death of Her Majesty the Queen. Throughout her long reign, the Queen, our Lord of Man, has been a beacon of strength and stability, of dependability and continuity. She led a life dedicated to the service of her people, setting an example for us all. On behalf of the government and the people of the Isle of Man, I extend my sincerest condolences to the royal family at this sad time. Now, the BBC has speculated that the state funeral, the first since Winston Churchill's back in 1965, is likely to take place sometime in the next 10 days, but there has been no date confirmed as yet. You're listening to Manx Radio. i 
You're listening to Manx Radio. It's 21 minutes past eight. Well, naturally, people are digesting the sad news this evening that Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, our Lord of Man, has died at the age of 96. These people who've been outside Windsor Castle say it's very upsetting. It's like losing a member of the family. She's been part of my life forever. And, you know, she's not here. Our whole life, she's been, she's been our queen, you know. Obviously, she wasn't going to go on forever. Well, we have this joint statement from the President of Timwald and the Speaker of the House of Keys. They say, on behalf of the members of Timwald, we extend to His Majesty the King and all members of the Royal Family our heartfelt condolences on the death of Her Late Majesty the Queen Elizabeth II, our Lord of Man. Her Majesty the Queen first visited the Isle of Man on the 9th of August 1955, just two years after her coronation. During that visit, Her Majesty attended a special sitting of Timwald Court, where she expressed a hope that one day she would preside over the Timwald ceremony at St John's. Well, that hope was realised during her third visit to the island for the celebration of the Millennium of Timwald in 1979 and again in 2003. Her Majesty also visited the island in August 1989. On each visit, she was accompanied by her devoted husband, Prince Philip, and the royal couple were welcomed wholeheartedly by the people of the Isle of Man. Her Majesty the Queen gave unstintingly devoted public service to her country and the Commonwealth, and she made many genuine and lasting connections with the people of this island during her lifetime. Further information, they say, will be issued in due course on the formal procedures by which Timor Court will formally proclaim His Majesty as Lord of Man and express its sympathy to him and all the royal family on their loss. It's worth noting schools will be open as normal tomorrow. Well, earlier, the UK Prime Minister Liz Truss paid her tribute outside Downing Street. We are all devastated by the news that we have just heard from Balmoral. The death of Her Majesty the Queen is a huge shock to the nation and to the world. Queen Elizabeth II was the rock on which modern Britain was built. Our country has grown and flourished under her reign. Britain is the great country it is today because of her. She ascended the throne just after the Second World War. She championed the development of the Commonwealth from a small group of seven countries to a family of 56 nations spanning every continent of the world. We are now a modern, thriving, dynamic nation. Through thick and thin, Queen Elizabeth II provided us with the stability and the strength that we needed. She was the very spirit of Great Britain, and that spirit will endure. She has been our longest ever reigning monarch. It's an extraordinary achievement to have presided with such dignity and grace for 70 years. Her her life of service stretched beyond most of our living memories. In return, she was loved and admired by the people in the United Kingdom and all around the world. She has been a personal inspiration to me and to many Britons. Her devotion to duty is an example to us all. Earlier this week, at 96, 
she remained determined to carry out her duties as she appointed me as her 15th Prime Minister. Throughout her life, she's visited more than 100 countries and she has touched the lives of millions around the world. In the difficult days ahead, we will come together with our friends across the United Kingdom, the Commonwealth and the world to celebrate her extraordinary lifetime of service. It is a day of great loss, but Queen Elizabeth II leaves a great legacy. Today, the crown passes, as it has done for more than a thousand years, to our new monarch, our new head of state, His Majesty, King Charles III. With the King's family, we mourn the loss of his mother. And as we mourn, we must come together as a people to support him, to help him bear the awesome responsibility that he now carries for us all. We offer him our loyalty and devotion, just as his mother devoted so much to so many for so long. And with the passing of the second Elizabethan age, we usher in a new era in the magnificent history of our great country, exactly as Her Majesty would have wished, by saying the words, God save the King. That's the UK Prime Minister Liz Truss paying tribute earlier outside Downing Street. Well, a short time ago, Nicola Sturgeon, Scotland's First Minister, also paid tribute. For more than 70 years, Queen Elizabeth has been the great constant in our national life. She has inspired us, on occasion comforted us, and always personified values we hold dear. It's 27 minutes past eight. We'll have the latest news next. Another summer day has come and gone away From Paris or Rome, but I want to go home Be surrounded by a million people I still feel all alone Just wanna go home Oh, I miss you, you know And I've been keeping all the letters That I wrote to you Each one in line too I'm fine, baby, how are you? Not enough. My words were cold and flat, and you deserve more than that. Another aeroplane, another sunny place. I'm lucky, I know, but I wanna go home. I got to go home. This life is like I just stepped outside when everything was going right. And I know just why you could not come. Along. 
success was not your dream, but you always believed in me. Another winter day has come and gone away. In either Paris or Rome, and I wanna go home. Let me go home. And I'm surrounded by. You're listening to Manx Radio. It's 8.30 now. Let's join Tessa Hawley for the latest news. First am I, Tessa. First am I. Tributes are being paid to Her Majesty the Queen, our Lord of Man, who's died at the age of 96. Buckingham Palace says she passed away peacefully at Balmoral this afternoon. Her family have gathered there, including Charles, who's now king. Clarence House has confirmed he'll be known as King Charles III, The new Prime Minister, Liz Truss, has led the tributes from Downing Street. She's asked the nation to get behind the new king. We must come together as a people to support him, to help him bear the awesome responsibility that he now carries for us all. We offer him our loyalty and devotion, just as his mother devoted so much to so many for so long. The UK Prime Minister was appointed by the Queen in what was her first and final audience with her. The Queen invited Liz Truss to form a government after Boris Johnson offered his resignation. BBC political editor Chris Mason has stressed how important the private audiences with the monarch are. Prime Minister after Prime Minister were able to spend that time with the Queen and tap into a well of knowledge and savvy and wisdom about world affairs. Prime Ministers would so often reflect in interviews and in their memoirs just how valuable a relationship that was. Nicola Sturgeon, Scotland's First Minister, has paid this tribute. For more than 70 years, Queen Elizabeth has been the great constant in our national life. She has inspired us, on occasion comforted us, and always personified values we hold dear. Confirmation of the Queen's death has been met with sadness. These people outside Windsor Castle say it's upsetting news. It's like losing a member of the family. She's been part of my life forever, and she's not here. Our whole life she's been our Queen, you know. Obviously she wasn't going to go on forever. The Chief Minister of the Isle of Man, Alfred Cannon, has also paid tribute, saying our Lord of Man led a life of service and dedication. In a statement, he said, We are all deeply saddened to learn of the death of Her Majesty the Queen. Throughout her long reign, the Queen, our Lord of Man, has been a beacon of strength and stability, of dependability and continuity. She led a life dedicated to the service of her people, setting an example for us all. On behalf of the government and people of the Isle of Man, I extend my sincerest condolences to the royal family at this sad time. Sir John Lorimer, the Lieutenant Governor, has also paid his own tribute, saying he knows the Isle of Man shares with him its profound sadness. The Queen's representative on the Isle of Man adds he'll send a message of condolence from the island to the royal family. 
and the Isle of Man Constabulary has also paid tribute. In a statement, it says the thoughts and condolences of the Chief Constable, officers and staff are with the Royal Family at this sad time. The Manx flag will fly at half-mast at police stations as a sign of respect and mourning. And Ockels Inns will shut its pub estate for 24 hours following the Majest- Her Majesty the Queen's death. The closure will apply to pubs on the island and in the UK and will come into force from tomorrow morning. Stephen Taylor, the managing director, says it's a mark of respect. He says at a time of national grief, families and communities should have the chance to spend time together. To confirm, the royal family has announced the death of Her Majesty the Queen. Our Lord of Man died peacefully at Balmoral this afternoon. The King and the Queen Consort will remain at Balmoral this evening. They will return to London tomorrow. You're listening to Manx Radio. It's 26 minutes to nine. Thanks very much, Tessa. Now, for those of you just joining us, it's an extraordinary evening. We have... Suspended our normal evening programmes as we reflect on the life of Her Majesty the Queen, our Lord of Man, and as expected, tributes continue to be paid around the world. The Prime Minister of India, Narendra Modi, says Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II will be remembered as a stalwart of our times. She provided inspiring leadership to her nation and people. She personified dignity and decency in public life. Pained by her demise, my thoughts are with her family and the people of the UK in this sad hour. I had a memorable meeting with Her Majesty the Queen many times during my UK visits in 2015 and 2018. I will never forget her warmth and kindness. During one of those meetings, she showed me the handkerchief Mahatma Gandhi gifted her on her wedding. I will always cherish that gesture. Well, Sir John Major was one of the 15 Prime Ministers to serve under Queen Elizabeth II. He's been speaking this evening to the BBC's Clive Myrie. Well, it is heartbreaking news. It's news that one day we knew we would have, but we always hoped it would be delayed and would be some way away. It's very hard to take it in, that that radiant smile which lights up a room and lights up a country is just not going to be live for us there anymore. Very hard to imagine. Most of the people in this country can remember nothing other than the Queen as monarch. Many of those who are elderly remember faintly the former King. But this is an enormous change for this country. It's a very big moment in history, a key pivotal moment. And I think there will be many tears shed tonight and over the next few days uh, for Her Majesty the Queen. Mm. I wonder, Sir John, um, given your interactions with the Queen, obviously, as Prime Minister, what your personal recollections are of meeting her? (laughs) There are so many recollections, and in many ways so different from what people might imagine the private meetings that the Prime Minister has with the Queen, which are perhaps scheduled for 45 minutes, in my experience never lasted uh, uh, remotely under an hour and often some way beyond it, which weren't entirely serious matters, just discussing the the matters of the nation. There was a great deal of amusement in them, there was a great deal of humour in them, there was a bit of gossip in them. And apart from that, the serious matters that were discussed, I think people would have been extraordinarily surprised if they realised the depth of information the Queen had about the lives of people uh, in every conceivable part of the United Kingdom. She was always extraordinarily well briefed. And on foreign affairs, of course, uh, she would often say, if there was a difficulty of a foreign leader, well, I met him many years ago, or even I knew his father. There was always a wise word to be had. 
and those meetings with the Queen were one of the better parts of a Prime Minister's week. Mm. I mean, that stability, that continuity that she brought, um, not just to the monarchy, I suppose, but to, to all of our lives um, on being on the throne over such a long period. Um, what are your thoughts on that now that she's passed? Well, the continuity was very important, but I think there were other things as well. Mm. The example, the duty, the selflessness, the way in which other people were put first, the way in which we hand, she handled crisis with great stoicism when they occurred, as they occurred a number of times during her reign. They were all examples to people about how to behave in their own lives and examples for our country. And what you found going around the world is that the Queen was the face of the United Kingdom. When people around the world spoke of the Queen, they actually meant our Queen. That was the status she had in every part of the world. It was truly remarkable. So, John, you talked about the stoicism she showed in times of crisis. We think back, of course, to 1992 and her Anna's speech, the fire at Windsor Castle as well, her fortitude in dealing with those issues and those problems was something that the British people came to admire greatly in her, along with that sense of duty. I think they were right to admire it. Um, I sat uh, one belong from, uh, along from her when she made the Annus Horribilis speech in uh, 1992. A great deal had gone wrong, and there was, as you say, that dreadful fire in, in Windsor Castle, which many people didn't receive with the sympathy perhaps they should have done. Uh, but the Queen understood that. She put her head down and she quietly, silently, uncomplainingly got on with her job. There are very few people who would have handled it with the aplomb that she did. And I think that was uh, in part because of her experience and in part because of her natural nature. She knew what one had to do to be a monarch. She knew when to keep out of controversy. She knew when to advise in private. She was almost faultless in the way in which she conducted the monarchy. Mm. And she leaves behind the monarchy in very good shape and a son who's been brought up to follow in precisely the same footsteps as King Charles III. I wonder too, Sir John, about the affection with which she was held right around the world, particularly within the Commonwealth. And you travelled and you've seen the great affection that she had. And there will be millions across the globe now who will be particularly sad today. Well, I have seen that affection at close quarters. Um, some 10 years ago, 12 years ago, I was invited by the Queen to set up and chair the Queen Elizabeth Diamond Jubilee Trust, a charity to commemorate her 60 years on the throne. And we raised money from across the Commonwealth, and I asked the Queen what she wished us to do with the money that we had raised in her name. And she gave us two tasks. The first was to cure avoidable blindness across the whole of the Commonwealth, and the second was to seek out young Commonwealth leaders in every nation of the Commonwealth, 54 at the time, and help prepare them for leadership roles in later life. It was entirely a selfless request on her behalf and entirely typical of her. That's Sir John Major, one of the 15 Prime Ministers to serve under Queen Elizabeth II, who died this afternoon at Balmoral at the age of 96. Well, the Cabinet Office Minister Kate Law Brennan has posted on her social media page in the past few minutes 
a model of stability, grace and dignity, source of comfort and hope through difficult times. A great loss will be felt on the Isle of Man, shared throughout the Commonwealth and beyond. May she rest in peace and her positive influence and inspiration of devoted service live on. We also have a statement from the Liberal Vannin Party in the Isle of Man, which reads, It's with great sadness the island mourns the death of Her Royal Highness Queen Elizabeth, Lord of Man. Liberal Vannin extends our condolences to the royal family at this time and recognises the amazing service Her Majesty gave to the island, the United Kingdom, and the wider Commonwealth during her remarkable reign. Her visits to the island will be remembered and cherished for many years to come. Well, Scotland's First Minister, Nicola Sturgeon, has also been paying tribute this evening and gave this statement. Like everyone across Scotland, the United Kingdom, indeed the world, I feel a deep sense of sadness on the death of Her Majesty the Queen. On behalf of the people of Scotland, I offer my sincere and heartfelt condolences to the King, the Queen Consort and to the entire royal family. There will be many opportunities in the coming days to reflect fully on the Queen's extraordinary life and service. For more than 70 years, Queen Elizabeth has been the great constant in our national life. She has inspired us, on occasion comforted us, and always personified values we hold dear. Throughout her reign, she performed her duties with exceptional wisdom dedication and fidelity. Scotland loved, respected and admired her. And by all accounts, Her Majesty was really happier than when she was here in Scotland at her beloved Balmoral, a fact I have been privileged to observe personally. I hope it will be a source of comfort to her family that she spent her final days in a place that she loved so much. This is a moment of acute loss and profound sadness. It is also a moment of enormous significance. The passing of Queen Elizabeth marks the end of an era. Our nation is in mourning. My hearts and my thoughts, and I know those of people across Scotland, are with the royal family at this deeply sad moment. That's Scotland's First Minister, Nicola Sturgeon. Uh, Lots more tributes being paid on social media by local politicians. Let me read you David Ashford, MHK's post on Facebook this evening. Absolutely devastated by the passing of Her Majesty Elizabeth II, Lord of Man. She's provided an unrivaled stability over the past 70 years and what's been a constantly changing and unstable world. No matter what the challenges we faced, she was a constant someone who our nation could focus on and at many times offered a sense of comfort and continuity when others could not. While we politicians may be a fleeting passing, she has been a constant presence who had dedicated her entire life since the age of 26 to her nation without complaint and providing inspiration to us all. She was someone who linked the age of Winston Churchill and the sacrifices that were made during those dark days to the present day. She's been such a steadfast presence in all our lives. It's hard to imagine a world without her being with us. My thoughts are with all the royal family and those close to her at this sad time. God save the King. MHK for Douglas East Clare Barber just writes, United in life and reunited in death, thank you for the many years of service as the Queen and our Lord of Man. Rest in peace. John Wannenberg, Douglas North MHK, 
God bless you. Thank you for your service. Rest in peace. And there's a message from the chair of Castletown Commissioners, Mr Jamie Horton, which reads... It was with profound sadness that we learned of the death of Her Majesty the Queen today. Queen Elizabeth II was a monarch admired and adored around the whole world, not least to us locally as Lord of Man. Her sense of duty was impeccable and universally renowned, continuing until recent days in her 97th year. On behalf of the members of Castletown Commissioners, I would like to send our condolences to His Majesty the King and the wider royal family. There's also a message to His Majesty the King from the Pope this evening, which reads, Deeply saddened to learn of the death of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, I offer heartfelt condolences to Your Majesty, the members of the Royal Family, the people of the United Kingdom and the Commonwealth. I willingly join all who mourn her loss in praying for the late Queen's eternal rest and in paying tribute to her life of unstinting service to the good of the nation and the Commonwealth, her example of devotion to duty, her steadfast witness of faith in Jesus Christ, and her firm hope in his promises. Commending her noble soul to the merciful goodness of our Heavenly Father, I assure your majesty of my prayers that Almighty God will sustain you with his unfailing grace as you now take up your high responsibilities as King. Upon you and all who cherish the memory of your late mother, I invoke an abundance of divine blessings as a pledge of comfort and strength in the Lord. You're listening to Manx Radio Broadcasting from Douglas in the Isle of Man. It's just gone quarter to eight and John Moss has been looking back at Her Majesty's reign from a Manx perspective. The first royal visit to the island after the Second World War came in 1945 when the then King and Queen arrived in Man. To an island which had just come through a difficult six years, it was the chance to celebrate. The ancient clock at Castle Russian, presented by Queen Elizabeth, looked down on scenes of enthusiasm such as it had rarely witnessed in its long history. The first visit by the young Queen Elizabeth and her husband was in August 1955. Arriving aboard Britannia Douglas, Isle of Man, the Queen and the Duke had TT motorcyclists as an escort when they began their tour. This royal visit was a great thrill for all the people of the island, and the Queen talked with fisherfolk and many others present to greet her. Then, on their way north to holiday in 1972, fine conditions in Douglas greeted Her Majesty, the Duke, Princess Anne and Earl Mountbatten. Her Majesty looks very sweet and tiny, as people often say. She's only a very small little personage. And Princess Anne is also having a word with Pearl. It's must be rather a nice treat for the royal family, actually, to be pulled by a horse tram, as they are such wonderful horse lovers themselves. Seven years later, a chance to hear the Queen speaking in public, something that didn't happen very often, as she presided on Timbald Hill in the year that over 600,000 visitors arrived in the island, Manx Millennium Year. Her Majesty the Queen has arrived at St John's. Man, in your ancient Tinwald assemble, I call upon you as an expression of your loyalty to give three cheers to Her Majesty the Queen. Hip hip! Hooray! Hip hip! Hooray! Hip hip! Hooray! Has your Majesty any further commands? If any persons wish to present a petition for redress, let them now come forward. 
and on that same memorable day, the Queen gave her name to the new school in Peel. The key is proffered to Her Majesty, who accepts it, and is now about to open the door and to enter the school. The door opens, and Her Majesty the Queen walks into Peel Secondary School. There were other visits, ten years later, then in 2003. So Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth, the Lord of Man, has ended her long reign. She had promised to devote her life to her country, and that the Lord did extraordinarily well. John Moss reporting there. It's coming up to 10 to 9. Some more tributes from local politicians on social media. Dr Michelle Haywood says, rest in peace, a life of duty and devotion well served. Uh, Jeremy Corbyn has posted a tribute. My thoughts are with the Queen's family as they come to terms with their personal loss, as well as those here and around the world who will mourn her death. I enjoyed discussing our families, gardens and jam making with her. May she rest in peace. Rishi Sunak says thank you for a lifetime of service to our country, for showing us what duty means and for always putting the country and Commonwealth first. There will never be another like Queen Elizabeth II. And Arlene Foster, the ex-DUP leader, says, what a difference a day makes. Devastating news that our inspirational sovereign has passed away in her beloved Balmoral. My deepest sympathy to her son, the new king, and all the royal family. Elizabeth, a truly remarkable Christian example to us all. And the First Minister of Sinn Féin, Michelle O'Neill, says it's with deep regret I learned of the passing of Queen Elizabeth II. The British people will miss the leadership she gave us, Monarch. I would like to offer my sincere sympathies and condolences to her children and wider family as they come to terms with their grief. I wish to especially acknowledge the profound sorrow of our neighbours from within the Unionist community who will feel her loss deeply. Personally, she says, I'm grateful for Queen Elizabeth's significant contribution and determined efforts to advancing peace and reconciliation between our two islands. Throughout the peace process, she led by example in building relationships with those of us who are Irish and who share a different political allegiance and aspirations to herself and her government. Having met Queen Elizabeth on a number of occasions alongside my colleague, the late Martin McGuinness, I appreciated both her warmth and her courtesy. Well, naturally, people are digesting the news this evening and well-wishers began gathering outside Buckingham Palace earlier. The crowd has been growing there since the royal family's announcement. Residents in Balmoral, where the Queen spent her final weeks, have also come out to pay tribute and supporters at both residences have been speaking to the BBC. I'm so sad because she was a wonderful lady. She dedicated her whole life to the nation and we could just thank her for it. And we've feel for her family today. Um, it's a very sad day. I'm so sad because she was a lovely, beautiful lady, beautiful mother, a beautiful grandmother. Could just shed many tears for her. She was very much loved. It's devastating. She's going to be missed by so many people. She affected so many lives and she was an absolutely amazing monarch. And what did she mean to you? Well, I think as, as a woman, it's amazing to see a, woman, a female at the helm of our country and why I might not ever get the chance to see another woman as queen. She meant everything to, to me, my family, um, you know, a sense of community, you know, loyalty, um, you know, giving back to communities, um, serving, you know, the community as a whole. Um, so she meant a lot to, to everyone here today. I think, you know, the biggest thing that I'll remember is, you know, her sense of sort of charity, giving back. Just very sad. She's been a monarch for over 70 years and 
it's, it's history and we just wanted to be here to share our condolences to the family. Like, just be part of it kind of thing. Yeah. It's really sad news to hear, actually. It's, uh, that's the reason we came. We were hoping to pass on our regards or just to be here. So it's kind of sad, actually. A sad day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for everybody, I think. You know, I think the whole nation will come together and just, you know, feel the same. Yeah. Although, you know, you don't, you never knew her or anything, but her significance was was just incredible. And it doesn't really hit home, I don't think, until you hear something like this and um, what she meant to us and what she meant to the country. It was absolutely incredible legacy. Just some of the well wishers who've been gathered outside Buckingham Palace and Balmoral. Well, news of the Queen's death was confirmed at 6.30 this evening. The Prime Minister was told of her death at 4.30, according to an official spokesman on the BBC. Liz Truss was informed of the Queen's death at 4.30 at the Prime Minister's official spokesperson has just told the BBC. Uh, She was told the news by the Cabinet Secretary Simon Case. Following her statement in Downing Street, Truss spoke to King Charles and she's also expected to chair a meeting of ministers in a few minutes at 9pm. So we'll bring you the very latest news as we have it. We'll have a bulletin with Tessa at 9. You tell all the boys no Makes you feel good Yeah I know you're out of my league But that won't scare me away Oh, no You've carried on so long You couldn't stop if you tried You've built your wall so high That no one could climb it But I'm gonna try Would you let me See beneath your beautiful Would you let me See beneath your perfect Take it off now, girl Take it off now, girl I wanna see inside Would you let me See beneath your beautiful
beneath your beautiful would let me see beneath your perfect take it off now girl take it off now girl Cause i want to see inside what you let me see beneath your beautiful You're listening to Manx Radio Broadcasting from Douglas in the Isle of Man. Just seen uh, that thousands are flooding down to the Mall to lay flowers for the Queen outside Buckingham Palace. And I just want to read you uh, what one note says. We had you for far longer than we deserved you. Tributes continue to be paid from around the world. The French President Emmanuel Macron has paid tribute uh, in the past few minutes and uh, lots of local politician tributes as well. We heard one from David Ashford, MHK, for Douglas North, who says he's absolutely devastated by the passing of Her Majesty Elizabeth II, Lord of Man. John Wannenberg has posted... God bless you. Thank you for your service. Rest in peace. And Kate Lord Brennan, who is the Cabinet Office Minister, says Queen Elizabeth II, Lord of Man, a model of stability, grace and dignity and source of comfort and hope through difficult times. A great loss will be felt on the Isle of Man, shared throughout the Commonwealth and beyond. May she rest in peace and her positive influence and inspiration of devoted service live on. You are listening to Manx Radio. It's coming up to nine o'clock, so we're going to join Tessa Hawley now for the latest news. Fast am I, Tessa. Fast am I. Buckingham Palace has announced that Her Majesty the Queen, our Lord of Man, has died at the age of 96. She's said to have passed away peacefully at Balmoral. Her eldest son Charles now becomes King Charles III. He's issued a statement saying it's a moment of great sadness for his family and paid tribute to a cherished sovereign and a much-loved mother. Liz Truss, speaking in Downing Street two days after the Queen appointed her Prime Minister, says she was a rock who was the very spirit of Great Britain. The UK Prime Minister says we must come together to support King Charles III with what was described as the awesome responsibility that now rests on his shoulders. We offer him our loyalty and devotion, just as his mother devoted so much to so many for so long. And with the passing of the second Elizabethan age, we usher in a new era. God save the King. Liz Truss was informed of the Queen's death at 4.30 this afternoon. She's expected to chair a meeting of her cabinet this hour. Former UK Prime Minister Sir John Major has remembered how well informed the Queen was. I think people would have been extraordinarily surprised if they realised the depth of information the Queen had about the lives of people uh, in every conceivable part of the United Kingdom. She was always extraordinarily well briefed. And on foreign affairs, of course, there was always a wise word to be had. World leaders have been paying tribute to Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth, including the Canadian Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau. She was our Queen, 
for almost half of Canada's existence. And she had an obvious, deep, an abiding love and affection for Canadians. She served us all with strength and wisdom for 70 years as we grew into the diverse, optimistic, responsible, ambitious and extraordinary country we are today. This evening, huge crowds of people outside Buckingham Palace have been spontaneously bursting into applause and cheering. But confirmation of the Queen's death has been met with great sadness. These people outside Windsor Castle say it's upsetting news. It's like losing a member of the family. She's been part of my life forever. And... You know, she's not here. Our whole life, she's been, she's been our queen, you know. Obviously, she wasn't going to go on forever. On the Isle of Man, the Chief Minister, Alfred Cannon, has paid tribute to her life of service and dedication. In a statement, he said, We are all deeply saddened to learn of the death of Her Majesty the Queen. Throughout her long reign, the Queen, our Lord of Man, has been a beacon of strength and stability, of dependability and continuity. She led a life dedicated to the service of her people, setting an example for us all. On behalf of the government and people of the island, of man, I extend my sincerest condolences to the royal family at this sad time. Cabinet Office Minister Kate Lord Brennan has described Her Majesty as a model of stability, grace and dignity and a source of comfort and hope through difficult times. She adds a great loss will be felt on the Isle of Man, shared throughout the Commonwealth and beyond. May she rest in peace and her positive influence and inspiration of devoted service live on. And the Isle of Man Constabulary has confirmed flags will fly at half-mast at police stations across the Isle of Man as a sign of respect and mourning. Chief Constable Gary Roberts says everyone is deeply saddened. He says her exemplary service inspired us all. He adds our oath of service commits us to continue to serve. The royal family has announced the death of Her Majesty the Queen. Our Lord of Man died peacefully at Balmoral this afternoon. Her eldest son Charles now becomes King Charles III. You're listening to Manx Radio. It's five minutes past nine. Thanks very much, Tessa. Well, let me tell you what we know about the Isle of Man's response to the news this evening so far. Schools will be open as usual tomorrow. We also know that the bells of St George's, Douglas and Peel Cathedral will be rung muffled on Friday at midday to mark the death of Her Majesty the Queen. Bells throughout the UK will also be rung at the same time. There will also be a book of condolence opened and available for signing at St George's. We're continuing to receive tributes this evening. The Isle of Man Steam Packet Company would like to express its condolences on the passing of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, Lord of Man. They say hers was a life of devoted service and she was always a welcome visitor to Manx Shores. And as expected, tributes from politicians continue to be paid following the death of the Queen, announced by the Royal Family at 6.30 this evening. Among them, Labour leader Sakir Starmer. For the vast majority of us, the late Queen has been simply the Queen, the only Queen, above all else, our Queen. As we mourn her loss, 
we should also treasure her life, our longest serving and greatest ever monarch. Above the clashes of politics, she stood not for what the nation fought over, but what it agreed upon. And the First Minister of Wales, Mark Drakeford, has also been reflecting on her long reign. It is with great sadness that we learn today of the death of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. She has been the only monarch that most of us will remember, and today the country feels an immense loss. Throughout her long and exceptional life, as our longest reigning monarch, Her Majesty firmly upheld the values and traditions of the British monarchy. On behalf of the Welsh Government and people in all parts of Wales, I offer our deepest condolences to all Her Majesty's children and their families on this sad occasion. And following President Joe Biden's statement, which we heard earlier, the White House spokesperson, Corinne Jean-Pierre, has been talking to the media in the United States. Our hearts and our thoughts uh, go to uh, the family members uh, of the Queen, um, goes to the people of the United Kingdom, our relationship uh, with the people of the United Kingdom, uh, and this is something that the President has said himself, has grown uh, stronger and stronger. Well, huge crowds, as expected, are outside Buckingham Palace. And just listen to this. They've been spontaneously bursting into applause and cheering. Some incredible scenes outside Buckingham Palace tonight. Uh, just to let you know that Douglas RNLI is joining with all stations across Great Britain in sending their condolences to the royal family on the death of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, Lord of Man. You're listening to Manx Radio. It's seven minutes now past nine. Life has taught me this Every day is new And if anything is true All that matters When we're through Is how we love Faced with what we lack Some things fall apart But from the ashes new dreams start All that matters to the heart Is how we
Sometimes we forget trying to be so strong in this world of right and wrong. All that matters when we're gone. All that mattered all along. All we You're listening to Manx Radio, broadcasting from Douglas in the Isle of Man, 11 minutes past nine. The Queen, Her Majesty, the Lord of Man, has died at the age of 96. That news was confirmed earlier this evening. And the BBC's royal correspondent, Nicholas Witchell, has been reflecting on the impact of tonight's announcement and what that means for King Charles III. As autumn descends on this bleak September day, there at Balmoral and also at Buckingham Palace. How striking are those images outside the palace, people feeling the need to come together at this moment in the nation's history, uh, the day on which the Queen of the last 70 years has passed away. People need, I think, just to the, the solace, the comfort of being with other people. The nation will begin its mourning, bells will be rung and guns will be sounded and church services will come together. I remember the words that were, were used, I think, by a previous Archbishop of Canterbury who talked about service untiringly done, duty faithfully fulfilled. Everyone will have their words about the reign, the duty of Elizabeth II, as we all just pay our tributes now to a life of duty, of humility, of decency, as the process, the transition of this new reign gets underway and I expect we will hear from the new king tomorrow. Uh, there will also of course be an accession council when the Privy Council comes together. Uh, not the full Privy Council because there simply isn't room these days but they will come together and they will confirm the succession and they will I imagine at some point hear from the new king and those statements by him will be important to set the tone for his reign paying tribute to his mother on behalf of his family and the nation, but also setting out 
his aspirations, his wish, his ambition to be a force for unity and continuity and stability at a time when stability perhaps is in rather shorter supply than it has been at many other times. It is unsettling, as Mark Easton said. It is disorientating, and many people will will feel that, and they will need to be reassured at this moment. That's the BBC's Royal Correspondent, Nicholas Witchell. Well, Sir John Major was one of the 15 Prime Ministers to serve under Queen Elizabeth II, and he's been talking tonight to the BBC's Clive Myrie. Well, it is heartbreaking news. It's news that one day we knew we would have, but we always hoped it would be delayed and would be some way away. It's very hard to take it in, that that radiant smile which lights up a room and lights up a country is just not going to be live for us there anymore. Very hard to imagine. Most of the people in this country can remember nothing other than the Queen as monarch. Many of those who are elderly remember faintly the former king. But this is an enormous change for this country. It's a very big moment in history, a key pivotal moment. And I think there will be many tears shed tonight and over the next few days uh, for Her Majesty the Queen. Mm. I wonder, Sir John, um, given your interactions with the Queen, obviously, as Prime Minister, what your personal recollections are of meeting her? (laughs) There are so many recollections, and in many ways so different from what people might imagine the private meetings that the Prime Minister has with the Queen, which are perhaps scheduled for 45 minutes, in my experience never lasted uh, uh, remotely under an hour and often some way beyond it, which weren't entirely serious matters, just discussing the, uh, the matters of the nation. There was a great deal of amusement in them, there was a great deal of humour in them, there was a bit of gossip in them. And apart from that, the serious matters that were discussed, I think people would have been extraordinarily surprised if they realised the depth of information the Queen had about the lives of people uh, in every conceivable part of the United Kingdom. She was always extraordinarily well briefed. And on foreign affairs, of course, uh, she would often say, if there was a difficulty of a foreign leader, well, I met him many years ago, or even I knew his father. There was always a wise word to be had. And those meetings with the Queen were one of the better parts of a Prime Minister's week. Mm. I mean, that stability, that continuity that she brought, um, not just to the monarchy, I suppose, but to to all of our lives um, on being on the throne over such a long period. Um, What are your thoughts on that now that she's passed? Well, the continuity was very important, but I think there were other things as well. Mm. The example, the duty, the selflessness, the way in which other people were put first, the way in which we hand, she handled crisis with great stoicism when they occurred, as they occurred a number of times during her reign. They were all examples to people about how to behave in their own lives and examples for our country. And what you found going around the world is that the Queen was the face of the United Kingdom. When people around the world spoke of the Queen, they actually meant our Queen. That was the status she had in every part of the world. It was truly remarkable. So, John, you talked about the stoicism she showed in times of crisis. We think back, of course, to 1992 and her Annas speech, the fire at Windsor Castle as well, her fortitude in dealing with those issues and those problems was something that the British people came to admire greatly in her, along with that sense of duty. 
I think they were right to admire it. Um, I sat uh, one belong from, uh, along from her when she made the Annus Horribilis speech in uh, 1992. A great deal had gone wrong, and there was, as you say, that dreadful fire in, in Windsor Castle, which many people didn't receive with the sympathy perhaps they should have done. Uh, but the Queen understood that. She put her head down, and she quietly, silently, uncomplainingly got on with her job. There are very few people who would have handled it with the aplomb that she did. And I think that was uh, in part because of her experience and in part because of her natural nature. She knew what one had to do to be a monarch. She knew when to keep out of controversy. She knew when to advise in private. She was almost faultless in the way in which she conducted the monarchy. Mm. And she leaves behind the monarchy in very good shape and a son who's been brought up to follow in precisely the same footsteps as King Charles III. I wonder too, Sir John, about the affection with which she was held right around the world, particularly within the Commonwealth. And you travelled and you've seen the great affection that she had. And there will be millions across the globe now who will be particularly sad today. Well, I have seen that affection at close quarters. Um, some 10 years ago, 12 years ago, I was invited by the Queen to set up and chair the Queen Elizabeth Diamond Jubilee Trust, a charity to commemorate her 60 years on the throne. And we raised money from across the Commonwealth, and I asked the Queen what she wished us to do with the money that we had raised in her name. And she gave us two tasks. The first was to cure avoidable blindness across the whole of the Commonwealth, and the second was to seek out young Commonwealth leaders in every nation of the Commonwealth, 54 at the time, and help prepare them for leadership roles in later life. It was entirely a selfless request on her behalf and entirely typical of her. That's Sir John Major, one of the 15 Prime Ministers to serve under Queen Elizabeth II. Well, the author and broadcaster Giles Brandreth was a friend of Prince Philip and he'd known Queen Elizabeth for more than 50 years. He's also been sharing some of his memories of the monarch with Clive Myrie. A significant day, the reason so many people are turning out Buckingham Palace is because people feel the loss. For most people, this is the only sovereign they have known. And it's extraordinary to think that on Tuesday of this week, this woman who was sustained by faith, but driven by duty, was again doing her duty, uh, saying goodbye to her 14th Prime Minister, welcoming her 15th Prime Minister, doing what she's been doing. And thinking of her new Prime Minister, I think Liz Truss was born in 1975, and... Her first Prime Minister, Winston Churchill, Mm -hmm. the only Prime Minister she ever called Winston. She always called the others more formally. But Winston, I think, was born in something like 1876. So that gives you a a, a feel of the span of her extraordinary life. But I think the reason that she is being mourned across the world, even by people who don't rate monarchy, don't think monarchy is important in the modern age, is because of her quality as a person. She was undoubtedly our longest reigning sovereign, probably our most popular, certainly our most respected. Uh, why? Because she had qualities that, were, that, that made her unique. Some kings and queens we remembered for the dramatic things that happened during their reign. Not so much this queen, the type of person that she was. Her dedication to service was so exemplary. Her courtesy, her kindness, her good humour... And they never wavered. She was the same person. I mean, I was lucky enough to meet her when I was still a teenager. Mm. But certainly she was the same person consistently 
throughout her life. What made her so special, I don't know. She would thank God. She would say that she had a, a blessed life and her faith is what kept her going. I think that's a really interesting and important point, that those personal qualities that she had, regardless of the crown on her head and the, the ermine and the, the fine jewels and so on, she was someone, you saw her in the line greeting people, you know, at some opening of some building or whatever. And there was a, there was a human relatable touch that she had. And that quality imbued, seemed to imbue everything that she did and made her so accessible to millions of people. As I say, not just here, but in the, in the Commonwealth as well. She accepted her destiny. Yeah. She said at the coronation of her parents, which she attended, getting into the carriage, she wrote an account of it for her parents, that at first the carriage was quite jolty, but gradually we got used to it. And I think that's how she found being monarch. At first a bit jolty, but she got used yeah. to it. Yeah. And she wasn't self-conscious about being the queen. She just accepted that. She was always herself. And I think the one aspect of her that maybe the public didn't see as much of as others who, who met her more uh, privately was her sense of humour. Yeah. She was a very amusing person. Uh, it's one of the things that she and Prince Philip had in common. They made each other laugh. And she had a great sense of humour. Uh, well, and, and we got a bit of a, a flavour of it in recent years, that wonderful sketch with James <laughs> Bond. And most recently, her brilliant acting with Paddington, Paddington. Oh, She loved... Who that's can the sort forget of that? Yes. She loved doing. Yes. Um, she, was, she was unique. She was extraordinary. And to be, to be valued, to be cherished, to be remembered. You think about... What makes magic? What is the magic of monarchy? What is the mystery of monarchy? Why is this phenomenon that mixes fairy tale and history? Why does it work? Why does it go on working? Well, during the last 70 years, it's that combination. The reason people made the series The Crown. Fairy tale and drama and heritage. But the Queen gave it her own personality, a unique personality, driven by duty, sustained by faith, kept happy by her passion for her dogs, and her horses, that's what she loved most in life. But her naturalness as a person, her ability to put people at ease. There's a lovely story of her at lunch one day with somebody who had been a, a soldier, and he was suffering, he'd been in Afghanistan or someone who was suffering from post-traumatic stress, and she'd been asking about him, and clearly he was, he was suffering. And she said, oh, hold on, hold on. And she leant down, and she got some dog biscuits, and she said, let's feed the dogs. I find that helps. <laughs> she was that sort of person. She knew how to mm. make people feel comfortable with themselves. Yeah. Because I think she was comfortable in herself. Comfortable in her own skin as leader of the royal family and the constitutional head of this country. Um, and Sir John Major actually pointed out her humour as well mm. um, in private moments with her. And as you say, we saw some of that uh, come out in recent years. And actually, interestingly, through towards the end of, of the worst part of COVID, when she had to do those Zoom meetings, you know, um, uh, accepting new ambassadors and so on and so forth. And we saw that glint in her eye and that smile on her lips from time to time. Well, I think as the years went by, she gained in confidence as yeah. a person. She was yeah. quite a shy person when she was young. Yeah. And I think she was also only 26 when she yeah. became queen. And she was following the footsteps of her father, Winston Churchill, the grand old man of British politics, was her first prime minister. At first, she was quite tentative. 
as a person, she was naturally conservative with a small c. Mm. But I think as the years went by, she became a little bit bolder. Uh, one of her closest friends said to me that, in a sense, that when she wouldn't have done things like the James Bond or the Panton Bear had her mother still been alive. That, mm. in a way, as she became a freer person um, after her mother's death, mm. she felt she could be more herself, and she mm. relaxed. And if you saw her in recent years, she was mm. a, a more relaxed person. She did have a very wry sense of humour. She never said anything unkind or unpleasant about anyone, but she could raise an eyebrow. <laughs> I remember going with her and the Prince Philip once to the Royal Variety Show, where the acts were variable. Prince Philip made his views very clear. <laughs> the Queen applauded each act in exactly the same length of time because she didn't want to make anyone feel that she hadn't liked them all equally. But she did let you know with the odd look which ones she preferred. That's the author and broadcaster Giles Brandreth, who'd known the Queen for more than 50 years. Well, it was confirmed at around 6.30 this evening that Her Majesty had died at the age of 96, and until the end, she kept a vow that she had made on her 21st birthday. I declare before you all that my whole life, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service and to the service of our great imperial family to which we all belong. How poignant listening to that. And one of her final addresses was this one, as she urged world leaders to find solutions to the climate crisis in Glasgow in November last year. None of us will live forever. But we are doing this not for ourselves, but for our children and our children's children and those who will follow in their footsteps. Well, let me read you some of the more local tributes that we're receiving this evening. We have one from the Isle of Man Football Association, which says everyone at the Isle of Man FA is saddened to hear of the passing of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, Lord of Man. Our thoughts and sincere condolences are with the royal family at this very sad time. Rest in peace, Your Majesty. And Daphne Kane, MHK, says, I feel deep sadness at the death of Her Majesty the Queen, Lord of Man. Her life was one of extraordinary service, and her death brings to an end the greatest Elizabethan age. The depth of the nation's grief is now a reflection of the love and respect people have for our longest-serving monarch. She pledged to serve her beloved country and was unwavering in carrying out her duty, always with a sense of kindness, composure, constancy and humour. What an inspirational woman and queen. She will be mourned. Reflecting this evening with tears and gratitude. Rest in peace, Mum. You're listening to Manx Radio. It's 28 minutes past nine. If you're a cowboy, I will trail you. If you're a piece of wood, I'll nail you to the floor If you're a sailboat I would sail you to the shore If you're a river I would swim you If you're a house I would live in you all my days Preacher, I begin to change my way. Sometimes I believe in fate, but the chances we create always seem to ring more true. 
You took a chance on loving me. I took a chance on loving you. You're listening to Manx Radio. It's coming up to 9.30. Let's join Tessa Hawley for the latest news now. Faster my, Tessa. Faster my tributes from around the world are being paid to Her Majesty the Queen, our Lord of Man, who's died at the age of 96. Buckingham Palace announced she passed away peacefully at Balmoral this afternoon. Her eldest son Charles has issued a statement and paid tribute to a cherished sovereign and a much-loved mother. He now becomes King Charles III. It's understood he will remain in Aberdeenshire this evening with his family, who have now been joined by Prince Harry, the Duke of Sussex. One of the Queen's final addresses was this one, as she urged world leaders to find solutions to the climate crisis in Glasgow in November 2021. None of us will live forever. But we are doing this not for ourselves, but for our children and our children's children and those who will follow in their footsteps. And until the end, she kept a vow she made on her 21st birthday. I declare before you all that my whole life, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service and to the service of our great imperial family to which we all belong. Kensington Palace has confirmed that William and Kate will be given new titles following the announcement of the Queen's death. The couple will now be known as Duke and Duchess of Cornwall and Cambridge. As the heir to the throne, William automatically assumes titles including Duke of Cornwall and Earl of Chester. As his wife, Kate gets the female equivalent, Duchess of Cornwall and Countess of Chester. The death of the Queen means that the Duke and Duchess of Sussex's son, Archie Mountbatten-Windsor, is now technically a prince. His younger sister, Lilibet Mountbatten-Windsor, is also entitled to be a princess after the accession of her grandfather, the Prince of Wales, to the throne. Under protocols established by King George V in 1917, the children and grandchildren of a sovereign have the automatic right to the title HRH and Prince or Princess. Tens of thousands of people are gathered outside Buckingham Palace this evening to pay their respects. The BBC's home editor, Mark Easton, describes the scene at the palace. It's a sombre atmosphere. Some people, I have to say, are close to tears. This was a very personal relationship with a woman who embodied something very special about their country. And residents in Balmoral, where the Queen spent her final weeks, have also come out to pay tribute. Supporters at both residences have been speaking to the BBC. I'm so sad because she was a lovely, beautiful lady, beautiful mother, beautiful grandmother. It's devastating. She's going to be missed by so many people. She affected so many lives and she was an absolutely amazing monarch. Well, I think as, as a woman, it's amazing to see a, woman, a female at the helm of our country and why I might not ever get the chance to see another woman. The leader of the Labour Party, Sakia Starmer, has been reacting to the news of the death of Her Majesty the Queen. As we mourn her loss, we should also treasure her life, our longest serving and greatest ever monarch. Above the clashes of politics, she stood not for what the nation fought over, but what it agreed upon. 
And the First Minister of Wales and leader of Welsh Labour has also paid tribute. Mark Drakeford says she firmly upheld the values and traditions of the British monarchy. Today the country feels an immense loss. On behalf of the Welsh Government and people in all parts of Wales, I offer our deepest condolences to all Her Majesty's children and their families on this sad occasion. And on the Isle of Man, the Chief Minister Alfred Cannon has paid tribute to our Lord of Man's life of service and dedication. He said throughout her long reign, the Queen has been a beacon of strength and stability, of dependability and continuity. On behalf of the government and people of the Isle of Man, he extends his sincerest condolences to the royal family at this sad time. And the bells of St George's, Douglas and Peel Cathedral will be rung muffled at midday tomorrow. A book of condolence will also be opened and available for signing at St George's. The royal family has announced the death of Her Majesty the Queen. Our Lord of Man died peacefully at Balmoral this afternoon. Her eldest son Charles now becomes King Charles III. You're listening to Manx Radio. It's 25 to 10. Thanks very much, Tessa. Well, we've been hearing this evening how the Queen reigned through some turbulent times. The BBC's Ireland correspondent Chris Page has been reflecting on the impact the troubles in Ireland had on Queen Elizabeth. Here at Stormont, the home of the Northern Ireland Assembly, two flags are flying at half-mast on top of the building and senior politicians have been expressing their condolences to the royal family and paying their tributes. So Geoffrey Donaldson, the leader of the Democratic Unionist Party, has said Queen Elizabeth II was a steadfast and unshakable head of state. At the other end of the political spectrum, so to speak, the leader of the Irish Nationalist Party, Sinn Féin here, Michelle O'Neill, has said she learned of the Queen's passing with deep regret. For about 30 of the Queen's 70 years on the throne, Northern Ireland was perhaps the most troubled part of her realm. And the conflict known as the Troubles touched the Queen most personally and painfully, perhaps in 1979, when her cousin, Lord Mountbatten, was murdered by the IRA. Later, the Queen made some defining contributions to the peace process, most notably in 2011, when she became the first British monarch to carry out a state visit to the Republic of Ireland. A year later, there was another highly symbolic and powerful gesture, when she shook hands with a former IRA commander, the late Martin McGuinness, who is a Sinn Féin politician, had become the joint head of the power-sharing devolved government. So I think it is those moments in particular that people in Northern Ireland will be reflecting on as they consider Her Majesty's legacy on this sad day over the coming days and, of course, for many decades to come. That's BBC Ireland's correspondent Chris Page reflecting on the impact the troubles in Ireland had on Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, our Lord of Man.
loving, but I want to be free. Baby, you've heard me. Listening to Manx Radio, it's 20 to 10. Well, following the death of Her Majesty the Queen, our Lord of Man, at Balmoral this afternoon, we've been hearing how people have been heading there and also to Buckingham Palace. Windsor Castle was also one of the Queen's main residences in her later years, and crowds have been gathering nearby. The BBC's Adiana Campbell is there and has been speaking to one well wisher visiting London from Canada. Windsor was a place very dear to the Queen. This was her main home in the last few years, particularly of her life. She had spent a great deal of time here. She had spent the last 12 months, in fact, here when she had started experiencing those episodic mobility problems. And people here say they have had a close relationship with the Queen. They feel that she has been their neighbor. She has been a regular face within this community. And they say that she has always had that personal connection with them. There's a real sense of shock and sadness in this town tonight. People have been laying flowers, lighting candles and coming together, wiping away tears. We've seen some very emotional people here in Windsor tonight. And people have travelled far and wide to be here, including Judy Chisholm from Canada, who we can speak to. Judy, you're on holiday in the UK at the moment. Yes, we are. When did you hear the news? 
Uh, we heard this afternoon while we were actually on a tour of Windsor Castle that the Queen's health was under medical supervision. And then we ho went home to our, our friend's home is on, in Windsor and put the BBC on right away because we wanted to, not to miss any news at all. We were very concerned and, and hoping that it wasn't anything more than just an episode of, of poor health that would not mean anything more than that. So we were quite shocked this evening when we did receive the news on, again, we were still on the BBC and heard from the, the news desk that we had lost the Queen. What did the Queen mean to you? Well, I'm from St. John's, Newfoundland, and in Newfoundland, we're, we're a very big English influence. We only joined Canada in 1949, so the Queen has always been important to us, and we've had royal visits over the years, many royal visits. I think she's represented something that is more than just her personal uh, being, but her the idea that what is possible. You know, when you think about her, her sense of duty was so unique in that was lifelong and what she did she uh, the job she undertook not just lifelong but she was such um, earnest uh, endeavor for her it, it never failed she never failed in anything that she undertook and and I think for all of us we may not be in such significant roles but we all can play a part and when you watch her and what she's done I think if everybody thought of it as a community and what they could do in their own small way we could certainly form stronger bonds with our neighbours and, and our communities. I just think she, she represented so much. Judy, thank you very much. Well, when the announcement was made a short time ago, there was a poignant moment here in Windsor. A rainbow appeared in the sky moments after we got the news that the Queen had died. And people really took a moment to, to soak up what had happened. They were still, they were silent. And it was a special moment, moments after the flag had been lowered, not quite to half-mast, but it had been lowered. And Windsor tonight is in mourning. People here say there is a deep loss and there will be that mourning for, for many days, many weeks to come. That's the BBC's Adina Campbell speaking from outside Windsor Castle. Uh, more tributes continuing to come in this evening. Uh, we've got one here from Tim Johnston, the Aaron Michael MHK, who says, I'm very saddened by the passing of Her Majesty the Queen, Lord of Man, a remarkable life of service and duty which has been an inspiration to so many. Deepest condolences to His Majesty the King, Lord of Man and all the royal family. Well, let's hear now from the BBC's royal correspondent, Nicholas Witchell, who's been looking back at the life and reign of Elizabeth II. This for the nation, for them. This is an absolutely massive moment. The moment that so many people have dreaded for so long has come. It's a moment of great solemnity and national sadness. It's hard, really, fully to take it in. It's no great surprise, given her age and her declining health. But nonetheless, it is a very considerable shock to feel that she has died. Millions of people, I think, as they learn this news, will feel a sense of personal loss. And I think many people will find it rather disorientating. Let's just understand this moment. It isn't just the death of the longest-lived, longest-reigning monarch in British history, a monarch who has been there in the background to our lives for most of us, for all of our lives. 
It is the end of what I think history will judge to have been one of the most remarkable reigns in the thousand-plus year, years of the British monarchy, a reign which will be remembered and talked about in years to come. Now, whether you are a monarchist or not, and we know, as we've said this afternoon, that not everyone is, she was a monarch who earned the widest possible respect here in the United Kingdom and throughout the world. It's the end of the reign of Elizabeth II, a monarch who always put duty first, who brought dignity and decency to the highest office in the land, who embodied the best of qualities, who's been a focus for national unity and identity, and who has been the still calm centre of stability and reassurance to this nation and the other nations of which she has been head of state for more than 70 years, while so much around her has changed. She has been a distillation of our national identity. She has been constant in an ever-shifting world, constant, steadfast, dependable, dutiful. These are all rather old-fashioned words, old-fashioned concepts even, but I think that they sum up what she brought to the role of monarch. We recall the pledge she made on her 21st birthday, I declare before you all that my whole life, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service. Well, she truly remained true to that pledge. It was a life of finely judged service, true to the principles of constitutional monarchy, driven by duty, sustained by faith. And we recall also the message that uh, she issued when she reached her 70th birthday, in February of this year. You remember the message that was issued? She wrote, I remain eternally grateful for and humbled by the loyalty and affection that you continue to give me. She said, I look forward to continuing to serve you with all of my heart. And she signed that message, Your servant, Elizabeth R. Well, that servant has gone. The end of the reign of Elizabeth II. Elizabeth the Great, as many people will regard her, that reign has ended. And we have a new king. Yes. The crown passes invisibly, but immediately, imperceptibly. Charles is now our king and our head of state. Camilla is now queen consort. It remains to be seen what name he will take, but uh, we will refer to him as the king, and he will lead the nation's mourning for his mother. As you say, she came to the throne just a few years after the end of the Second World War. She succeeded to the throne in 1952 after the death of her father. And on the night of her coronation, in a broadcast on the BBC, she said, throughout all of my life and with all of my heart, I shall strive to be worthy of your service. And as that message, and as the message she issued on the 70th anniversary of her accession showed, if there is one word that I think is the key to the success of her reign, I would suggest it's, it's not actually duty, the word which is normally associated with her, it's humility. Because for all of the grandness of her position here is the coronation, the imperial state crown being lowered onto her head by the Archbishop of Canterbury. For all 
the grandness of, of, of her position, it never went to her head. She had, I think, an instinctive understanding that as a hereditary monarch, she had to win the trust of the people of this country and the other countries of which she was queen. And that, I believe, is what she did. She gained it and she kept it. She kept the monarchy strong. Now, of course, there have been a few bumps along the way. It would be extraordinary if there hadn't been. Bumps which have almost without exception been caused by other members of her family. But she pursued her role with that sense of humility and by putting duty first. And she was at heart, people who knew her, it's funny to talk in the past tense now, isn't it? She was a very down-to-earth, a straightforward and unpretentious woman, rather reserved, certainly in her early years. There was none of that sort of vainglorious and overbearing behaviour that we've sometimes perhaps seen with other members of her family. For 70 years, she's been the constant, unchanging presence in the background to our lives, the head of the nation, as she's sometimes been referred to, above politics, but with a shrewd interest in and a grasp of politics and of political figures. So we now look back on, and there will be so many tributes, Mm. so many tributes now, as people take this in, as they come to terms with their own emotions. And I'm quite sure there will be many people who are very emotional at this moment as they learn of this news, the death of the Queen. But uh, this nation and so many other nations will now pay tribute to this long life of service which has now ended.
Listening to Manx Radio, it's coming up to 5 to 10. Camilla Tominy from The Telegraph has been speaking to Clive Myrie about the impact the Queen had on the public. And how wonderful as well that the Platinum Jubilee weekend was such a success and an opportunity for the public to celebrate the Queen in life. And I think we know afterwards that she bookended that event because she knew that her presence needed to be seen. Mm. Her mantra throughout life is, I need to be seen to be believed. Yeah. And even though she had those health problems that precluded her from taking part throughout the whole weekend, that was a way for the nation, the Commonwealth and the world to say thank you to her in life. So we remember her in death, but I just feel grateful, and I'm sure people watching this will feel grateful that we had that moment to celebrate and that it was such a triumph. She clearly took delight, and we spoke to people in the palace afterwards, to see those crowds out in the mall opposite Buckingham Palace I mean, even after 70 years, she never Mm -hmm. grew used to that sight. And I think also thoroughly enjoyed the presence of her children, grandchildren and great-grandchildren being part of the event and also being embraced by the British public and beyond. I think she loved the idea that it was very much a royal family affair that weekend. Mm. And the crowds out in front of Buckingham Palace for that moment and for those celebrations and there are there again tonight despite the rain, despite the inclement weather. And I suppose our thoughts at some point quite soon are now going to turn to the future Mm. and to King Charles III and that sense that I would have thought the majority of this country would want, and indeed the Commonwealth, that sense of continuity and that sense of service and duty to continue. Well, as the longest-serving heir apparent in history... We can agree, can't we, that uh, King Charles, as he's now known, has learned from the master or the Mm. mistress in the Queen, his mother. Um, But of course, there's a destabilising and disconcerting effect to losing somebody who's been such a stalwart part of British life. I mean, the Queen has represented for many, many years what it is to be British and has always been a reassuring presence, not just as head of state, but frankly, as mother and grandmother of the nation. And if you think about the effect she had on the nation at a time of great difficulty only recently during coronavirus, I mean, who else could have come out with the we'll meet again speech but a woman of her wisdom and experience, somebody who had experienced the Second World War firsthand. So to lose that presence, to lose somebody who is absolutely fundamentally woven into the fabric of British life is going to be difficult. And it's going to be even more difficult because people are already facing pressures. And we are going through hard times right now. Uh, You said she represents what it means to be British. What what do you mean by that? Well, I mean in the sense of public service and a life devoted to others, Mm. um, in a sense of trying to represent us um, with a soft power punch across the world as the world's most travelled diplomat, um, but as somebody who has always wanted to be with her people, you know, at the centre of the royal walkabout extending a white-gloved hands to those who want to meet her. The most interesting thing about her reign is how many people got to see the Queen in the flesh. Many, 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 
hundreds of thousands and millions of people got to do that because she made herself that presence. So again, to go full circle and think about the Platinum Jubilee, if young children out there got to catch a glimpse of the Queen that weekend, then that's a wonderful thing and a thing that we should reflect on now in times of sorrow, that we had that lovely moment in June to really recognise her contribution and celebrate it. Yeah, my own mother, a teacher in Jamaica, uh, that first Caribbean tour after she was crowned queen, um, led out a school party of girls and boys and, um, yeah, saw the Queen and the Duke of Edinburgh on that, uh, well, it was Land Rover, I think it was, yes. as it moved through the crowds. And uh, my mother remembers that to this day. And we'll still talk about it. And still talks about it. And that's it. why the Queen always used to wear bright colours, because she wanted people to point her out in a crowd. Yeah. Because they knew that even though she was doing these jobs day to day, for that one person seeing yeah. her for the first time, and yeah. probably only time in their lives, yeah. they would remember it and tell their children and grandchildren forever yeah. about that moment. It's funny, I was talking to her recently about that, and she said she just looks so small and frail. But she, it's interesting, when I met her... She had the heart of a king. Well, and a and, queen. And, and also, you know, you get this impression of her from stamps and money that she's quite a serious and austere figure. And yeah. then when I met her at Buckingham Palace, she was so smiley and sparkly. Mm. Um, I mean, even that last image that was taken at Balmoral um, after the prime ministerial handover of her just standing in front of the fire. I mean, what an adorable image of a smiling queen still doing her duty to the very end. I mean, it's remarkable, really, if you think mm. about a 96-year-old working that far beyond retirement age and carrying out a constitutional duty like that two days before she passes away. It's 10 o'clock. We're going to leave you overnight with music and reflection. Live coverage will continue with Chris Williams from five o'clock tomorrow morning and we'll have an extended Max Radio breakfast programme with Ben Hartley and Sean Cowper from 730 You've been listening to a special Manx Radio programme following the death of Her Majesty the Queen, our Lord of Man. Wherever you are tonight, thank you for being with us as we've been reflecting on a very sad and hugely significant historical moment. It's an extraordinary day for all of us, ahead of what will be an emotional period of mourning and remarkable change in the weeks to come. I'm Beth Espy. Good evening. Broadcasting from Douglas in the Isle of Man on smartphone and smart speaker, online and on AM and FM. This is Manx Radio. Manx Radio News at 10 o'clock. Faster my good evening. I'm Tessa Hawley. Huge crowds have gathered despite the rain outside Buckingham Palace after it was announced Her Majesty the Queen, our Lord of Man, has died at the age of 96. She passed away peacefully at Balmoral this afternoon. Her family is there, including Charles, who's now King Charles III. He says they're mourning profoundly the passing of a cherished sovereign and a much-loved mother. He'll return to London tomorrow. The new Prime Minister has led the tributes just two days after she was appointed by the Queen. Liz Truss called her the rock on which modern Britain was built. She's asked the nation to get behind the new King. We must come together as a people to support him, to help him bear the awesome responsibility that he now carries for us all. We offer him our loyalty and devotion, just as his mother devoted so much 
to so many for so long. The leader of the opposition, Sakia Starmer, has also been reacting to the news of the death of Her Majesty. As we mourn her loss, we should also treasure her life, our longest serving and greatest ever monarch. Above the clashes of politics, she stood not for what the nation fought over, but what it agreed upon. And former Prime Minister Sir John Major has been remembering the weekly meetings he would have with the Queen during his tenure. The only two people in the room were Her Majesty the Queen and yourself and uh, a supporting galaxy of corgis uh, who usually happen to be there, but absolutely no one else. And it was remarkably informal. One sat there and we talked and there was nothing off the agenda. Her Majesty's time as head of state wasn't always a smooth journey. BBC Ireland correspondent Chris Page has highlighted the impact that troubles in Ireland had on the Queen. For about 30 of the Queen's 70 years on the throne, Northern Ireland was perhaps the most troubled part of her realm. Touched the Queen most personally and painfully, perhaps in 1979, when her cousin, Lord Mountbatten, was murdered by the IRA. Later, the Queen made some defining contributions to the peace process, most notably in 2011, when she became the first British monarch to carry out a state visit to the Republic of Ireland. World leaders have also been paying their own tributes to Her Majesty, including the Canadian Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau. She was our Queen for almost half of Canada's existence. And she had an obvious, deep and abiding love and affection for Canadians. She served us all with strength and wisdom for 70 years as we grew into the diverse, optimistic, responsible, ambitious and extraordinary country we are today. One of the Queen's final addresses was this one as she urged world leaders to find solutions to the climate crisis in Glasgow in November 2021. None of us will live forever. But we are doing this not for ourselves, but for our children and our children's children and those who will follow in their footsteps. Huge crowds of people outside Buckingham Palace tonight have been bursting into applause and cheering. (laughs) Residents in Balmoral, where the Queen spent her final weeks, have also come out to pay tribute. Supporters at both residences have been speaking to the BBC. I'm so sad because she was a lovely, beautiful lady, beautiful mother, beautiful grandmother. It's devastating. She's going to be missed by so many people. She affected so many lives and she was an absolutely amazing monarch. Well, I think as, as a woman, it's amazing to see a, woman, a female at the helm of our country and why I might not ever get the chance to see another woman. On the Isle of Man, the Chief Minister Alfred Cannon has paid tribute to our Lord of Man's life of service and dedication. In a statement, he said, We are all deeply saddened to learn of the death of Her Majesty the Queen. Throughout her long reign, the Queen, our Lord of Man, has been a beacon of strength and stability, of dependability and continuity. She led a life dedicated to the service of her people, setting an example for us all. On behalf of the government and people of the Isle of Man, I extend my sincerest condolences to the royal family at this sad time.
A joint message of condolence has also been issued from the President of Timwald and the Speaker of the House of Keys. Rob Pritchard has Lawrence Skelly and Dewan Watterson's statement. On behalf of the members of Tinwald, we extend to His Majesty the King and all members of the Royal Family our heartfelt condolences on the death of Her Late Majesty, the Queen Elizabeth II, Lord of Man. Her Majesty the Queen first visited the Isle of Man on the 9th of August 1955, just two years after her coronation. During the visit, Her Majesty attended a special sitting of Tinwald Court, where she expressed a hope that one day she would preside over the Tinwald ceremony at St John's. This hope was realised during her third visit to the island for the celebration of the Millennium of Tinwald in 1979 and again in 2003. Her Majesty also visited the island in August 1989. On each visit she was accompanied by her devoted husband Prince Philip and the royal couple were welcomed wholeheartedly by the people of the Isle of Man. Her Majesty the Queen gave unstintingly devoted public service to her country and the Commonwealth and she made many genuine and lasting connections with the people of this island during her lifetime. Further information will be issued in due course on the formal procedures by which Tinwall Court will formally proclaim His Majesty as Lord of Man and express its sympathy to him and to all the royal family on their loss. The Isle of Man Constabulary has confirmed the Manx flag will fly at half-mast at police stations across the Isle of Man as a sign of respect and mourning. Chief Constable Gary Roberts says everyone is deeply saddened by the death of Her Majesty the Queen. He says her exemplary service inspired us all and adds our oath of service commits us to continue to serve. Government has confirmed the island schools will remain open tomorrow. Questions had been asked about whether they would close to mark the death of our Lord of Man. Ockles Inns will shut its pub estate for 24 hours, though, following her death. The closure will apply to pubs on the island and in the UK and will come into force from tomorrow morning. Stephen Taylor, the managing director of Ockles Inns, says it's a mark of respect. He adds that at a time of national grief, families and communities should have the chance to spend time together. This includes their entire workforce and he wishes to give them the opportunity to do so. So, further announcements will be made for the day of the state funeral across the pubs in the coming days. Her Majesty the Queen saw many celebrations and jubilees, but there were also times when she was called on to bring the nation together, like during the coronavirus outbreak in 2020. While we may have more still to endure, better days will return. We will be with our friends again. We will be with our families again. We will meet again. And a reminder of Her Majesty's Platinum Jubilee celebrations held earlier this year has been widely shared on social media this evening after confirmation of her death. It features the Queen acting opposite Paddington Bear as they bond over marmalade sandwiches. Perhaps you would like a marmalade sandwich. I always keep one for emergencies. So do I. I keep mine in here. Oh. For later. The party is about to start, Your Majesty. Happy Jubilee, man. And thank you everything that's very kind
The royal family has announced the death of Her Majesty the Queen. Our Lord of Man died peacefully at Balmoral this afternoon. Her eldest son Charles now becomes King Charles III. You're listening to Manx Radio. It's ten past ten.